describes acts of extreme violence in graphic detail and may include discussions about demonology and the occult, topics that caused widespread panic during the 1980s. This content may not be suitable for children under the age of 50. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. Talk. I'm James. I'm Dan. Where are we from today, Dan? Still in the abyss, unfortunately. We are in the 12th layer. Apparently, it's called 12 Trees. Now, how would we know that? Do you think there's a sign? I think when you enter, yeah, there's. Uh, you're now entering the 12 Trees. <laughs> Only 600 and <laughs> whatever layers to go. To go. So you, like the signs for whatever it is, uh, right? Well, you know, Cracker well, Barrel, yeah, or, the, or the ones that say uh, like Stark Prison here in Florida. Everywhere you go, there's a sign for Perry, Florida, which you have no idea where Perry, Florida is. But uh, so it would have Low Slayer sixty, well now fifty two, um, you know, Orcus's Lair two hundred twenty seven, and you'd be like, oh, I'm on the highway of the abyss. Absolutely, yeah, it's like Vegas. Well, or uh, that's a good thing too. Hello, yeah. everyone on the Grog Empire. So, uh, what is, is there anything notable about the 12th layer of the abyss? Not, not much. I mean, other than the fact, of course, you know, it's the abyss. It's a, what I'm told by the internets is, is no ruler, and it's a, it's a pilgrimage site for demons. So, do you think that means that... A, a pilgrimage that site get, for demons? Yes, a, pilgrim, a pil, pilgrimage site huh. for demons. So, does that... So would it be wrong, which I know is a little bit strange when you're talking about chaotic evil, but so it was, it, would it be wrong then to, you know, try to kill somebody on this site? Should you get sort of immunity? Should we feel safe? Well, maybe not us because we're not a demon. Right. But I guess if you're a demon, you know, and, and you come here on a pilgrimage, should you, you know, I wonder if, if the code is, even among chaotic evil, you know, don't, uh, don't kill anybody. Well. That is a good point. I'm not sure how that would work out. Uh, if it's anything like what Conan, where they're uh, the barbarian, where they're going to the temple, right? The pilgrims there. Uh, some of them were thieves trying to get stuff. So I don't know if that would work their way. But I, I wonder, wait, maybe we could perhaps set up our shop, uh, the identity shop there, as like a food cart or something, a demon food cart. Oh, yes. You're right. We should be, yeah, you mean like we're... Uh... We're on the lookout for like some a place to set up right. shop. Yeah, as this, tr- as I could just imagine like this trail of demons are going towards the you know the whatever the un- unholy place they're going to. Yeah, that seems odd, but yeah. Do you have Mount? Do you have Diet Mountain Dew? <laughs> <laughs> so all out. Orcus just took the last one. Yeah, Orcus, like, Jubilex, he's a big fan. 
Jubilex. Which, by the way, right? I did show you the Jubilex site last time. Thanks to Tom. You did. Right? So I'll show it again. It's fantastic. It's, it's, yes, it's wonderful. There it is. I'll show it to our friends there. And they did it to so, his friends there. So, so <laughs> let, let, let's, just, let's just put this into context. So people are fans. What we do leads people to send us demon idols. Yes, that's right. We, that should be our show, our talent show, Demon Idol. <laughs> demon Idol. <laughs> Your demon was horrible. That's a horrible demon. That's terrible. Yes, it did. Right. Yeah, Jubilex failed on the talent show. <laughs> the talent portion. He wants world peace. No one bought it. No one bought it at all. No, I wasn't feeling it. No, you're... you're. <laughs> Just didn't seem true. Exactly. Oh, that's, that is good. But does, does the 12th layer have sand? Because this thing continues to, you know, in the real world, now we have a giant dust storm over us. I mean, what else could happen? Wait, what? Have you, been, have you, you haven't been paying attention to the news or you're just sheltered in your bunker? I have. No, the news I see is nonstop coronavirus oh, news. No, they have. We have a giant dust storm from the Sahara Desert, which has now covered the eastern parts of the United States, and is that what, that's why the temperatures are, are uh, hellish here in Central Florida. You know. So we really are living <laughs> in the darkest timeline. <laughs> I mean, when it couldn't get worse, it's a giant dust storm. Okay. Correct. Yeah, it's yeah. It's just it just keeps yeah. Giant, giant dust storm. We're not going to have rain for days, and I think the temperature was ninety seven degrees Fahrenheit, which is all right nine fifth plus thirty two. Uh, it's a lot. I don't know. It's probably close to thirty eight or something like that Celsius for our international uh, well, something like that. It's hot. This explains why. I play Dungeons and Dragons and, and hear me out because I could never do those things in my real life. I would be a terrible adventurer. It's like, can you imagine there's a dust storm coming? Are you serious? What adventurer says that? That would be me. I would just sort of give up and go home. So then again, I'm a, a gnome illusionist. Uh, well, yeah, that's true. But and, and, and I think we're on Discord, by the way, and that's thanks to Josh, who's been uh, uh, doing that for us, uh, who's kind of hosting that. And it, there's, there's a big community coming up, so that's awesome. So I really appreciate that. The link is in the, uh, is in the YouTube, and it'll be on the, on the podcast. And now Dan and I are actually on Discord with, them, with the group, so that's pretty cool. So uh, I, feel, I feel very hip. I'm not sure why, but I do. I'm not sure what Discord is, but it seemed pretty cool. I was, I was in, I was invited on. I was invited onto the Grog Talk Discord, and uh, yeah, so I, I feel pretty happy. You're with, you're with the cool. You're with the cool kids. So, uh, let's talk. Do some announcements. You know, GrogCon. Unfortunately, because hey, you know, if you thought it was a disaster in March, now we're in a real disaster. Uh, uh, so, unfortunately, that has been pushed off. Um, but in the meantime, you can join uh, DMs Brian and Josh, who are online, um, for uh, virtual D&D. You can play first edition online. How about that? You can either play in Friday's game with Brian. Uh, you can go to our meetup or join our Discord, and Brian has all the information there. Or Josh is starting a West Marches-style campaign uh, on the alternate Friday. 
So, uh, did I did I get your? E oh yes, I did. Thank you. Um, the the Chamberlain from uh, Australia wanted to let us know that the slow boat to Australia is here. Uh, arrived at his house and he received his prize, uh, the the uh, bridge that we gave out. Probably brought him coronavirus. I hope he disinfected it. I would have. <laughs> from Florida? Did it come from yeah, Florida? of course. It came from Florida. <laughs> just what you want. I just got it in just in time. Because I'm sure if we sent it now, they probably wouldn't accept it at this point. So That's probably true. Uh, that's right. Ta -da, thank you. Yes. So uh, David was a winner. And uh, what I want to do is we're a winner, too. Because guess what I got from... The post office. I got northern coronavirus. So we're going to do an unboxing. Oh. Yeah. This is from Angry Dwarf Publications. You know, there's some risk involved here because he seems very land grabby. He could be making a, uh, a play like, for the entire Grog Empire. He could be just... Actually, me and him. Well, this is probably wise why you're in a different location. So we... Both don't yes. want to be taken out at the same time. So that's right. That's right. We should continue this that's right. even after the coronavirus. Uh, the, I hope I hope Vic knows how to do IT stuff. Well, I hope so too. He's pretty sharp. I mean, he does that 3D printing. All right. So it's very true. well packaged. Thank you. I'm probably going to throw something away. I shouldn't. So I got to be careful. He's probably like, "Hey, that's stuff in there." So all right. So here's what we've received. We have received the Keep It Blood Red Falls disc. Uh, oh, very cool. And this is, has a PDF, uh, all the maps, generated crowds, and um, the, his brawl rules. So that's super cool. Oh, oh. Let me slow it down here. So look at that PDF. I mean, a, a physical copy of Keep It Blood Red Falls. Put that up there. Very nice. Yeah, awesome. We get one yeah. copy of that. We get another copy. Look at that with another PDF. Oh. oh. And we get a third copy. How's that? Yeah, see, I already threw away the good stuff. I knew there was stuff in those things. So. It's a bloody Saturday. We've got some uh, TSR Wizards printouts. Oh, those are great. Did you see where he gave one of those? And you may not have because you wisely are not on Facebook. Not on Facebook. You, you let me be that right. person. He gave one to Ernie Gygax because, as you may recall from our interview with Ernie, he mentioned that he's the one that came up with the wizard right. logo idea because they had, they had the lizard man. Right. And he sent Ernie one of those little fellas, and Ernie took some pictures of that little fell in certain places. And it it was very funny. It made me remember Flat Stanley. Uh, no. But that okay, so Flat Stanley is, you would have a, you cut out this uh, character from a book, Stanley, and you take him on, kids would take him on vacation. You take pictures of Flat Stanley oh, okay. doing all sorts. I think that Ernie should take Flat Wizard. Flat Wizard. I wouldn't his name the different? You yeah, know, on, go ahead. Wouldn't his mm -hmm. name be Ernie? What did, are you gonna say? Shouldn't instead of calling, shouldn't be Flat Ernie, basically. Flat Ernie, the, the wizard, and yeah, sure. It, oh, now you're now you're gone again. And from Vic, take it around.
take pictures of it uh, in, different, uh, in different locations when you go on vacation. And last but not least, which is why he was yelling at me, screaming at me on the internet, is miniature groggies with a light. I have to get a dice, a die for it, so. Oh, baby groggies. Baby groggies, yep. I need a, I, oh, I, mm-hmm. I need an orange die, correct? Open each, I have to open each of them, okay. I didn't realize, I'm sorry. I, I, <laughs> I see the proud, the proud father behind That's you. That's right, so we have one, Up. we have two, we have three of them. I think, you know what, they're also, they, are they different sizes? I think they are different sizes. So, there's a second one. Oh, they're the same, that one's the same size. All right, hold on, I'm sorry. This is compelling stuff. The reason I bring all this up is we're gonna give this away, some of it, to our great patrons. So we, we supported the Kickstarter. Oh, we, have a, we also have a blank one, a white one as well. I think I opened it. So I've got three grays, one white, and oh, I have something else in here. And we also owe him money for, I have to show you this too, so anyway, he hooked us up. Oh, that's right, I forgot about this. This is what he wanted. For the Grog Talk set, here we go, I have to paint this. But this, he created a, the, the, the big demon head idol. He had, he had brought us back one when he showed up back in the day, uh, back in October, or when, when did he come down, December? December. Right. So this is the super, now we have a super big one. I love it. And that's, that's from Tomb of Horrors, correct? correct? Yes, that's the, that's the, hey, it's dark in there. Let's go see what's in there. And you jump in. So you can stick a, you can stick a gnome in there. Easily. Or pretend. Easily. Back there, yeah. Easily you can stick a gnome in there. Absolutely. I, well, I have a complaint. Okay, already? I don't know if I should bring it up now, maybe later. Let's, we should first thank you so much, Vic. And, and uh, what a great package. Uh, yeah, look at that. Okay. It took a lot of restraint, because this came a, a, about a week ago, and I've been holding. I'm like, ooh, I want to check out things. I'm like, nah, I'm, sp- I'm supposed to open it during the show. So go ahead. So, um, yeah, so thank you, Vic. I mean, who doesn't love a package of demon idols right. and, uh, and, and, and bloody modules? Uh, uh, it's bloody player good. character uh, killing modules on PDF. <laughs> and then... Uh, because Vic is just awesome, he said he 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 got us the Barons of Bromstein book. Stein, Stein. Bromstein. Sorry, I think I don't know. I think I can't remember. It's I can't remember which Stein one it is. I think it's Bromstein by uh, David Wesley. <laughs> That's fantastic. So thank you, sir, for getting us that. That is super cool. And all the modules should be signed. So we will be setting up for July part of the Gary Gygax Celebration Month, a giveaway, which, again, if you are a patron, before the, what, end of July, let's say, you will be eligible uh, to win uh, exciting prizes. And hopefully it'll be someone in the inter- that I can actually send it to. Because uh, when I went to the post <laughs> office to send uh, the Chamberlain from Australia, like, oh, yeah, we're, you're, we're, it's becoming harder to harder to send things out of the country because people don't want to... They don't. They they take our jobs, but they don't want our coronavirus. Shockingly, so um, mm. it's, it could be a problem. But yes, uh, 
you will, we will be giving away probably, maybe do, we may do two giveaways. Like we may do a, an Angry Dwarf uh, Games giveaway of the module and the PDF and a, a little groggy. And, um, and then, you know, maybe two of those will give away. Two, sep two separate prizes that people can win. So uh, again, thank you to our patrons who allow that to make that happen. So, uh, because uh, and again, I'm so so happy for Vic because you know I know he's been working on this for years and his Kickstarter really was he made his goal, which is super cool. I'm, I, I you know I don't know people make their goal, so that's fun when people have been successful. And and he got some very nice comments from Ernie Gygax who had read uh, a draft, I believe, and made some comments and. And Ernie was complimenting what a good adventure it is. So that's, you know, that's, you, you can't ask for much more than that. Right. I, I can't. Uh, so, and then hope, so people will be able to get it, uh, you know, right, uh, right in the August doldrums so they can play their games. All right, cool. Uh, and at some point, uh, Vic, we'll get you on, let's get you on after spell selection. Because uh, Vic has an announcement to make. Apparently, okay. he has an announcement he wants to make. So, we, and we don't even know. No, we don't. Right. Know. So this is it's like a big reveal. Right. We have no idea well, yeah, how Vic goes. He, you know, he's. I don't think he sleeps anymore. He just sends a message. <laughs> hey, I'm coming on today uh, or tomorrow. I'm like, uh, okay, sure. What time? Uh, whenever. You tell me. Uh, okay. Well, we're starting at this time. Okay. So, all right. I'll be there. First, well, first he wanted to make a video. Uh, or he, he wanted to write out an announcement. Then he's just like, I'm just going to come on. I'm like, okay, very good. Okay. So here's my quick quibble. Yes. So, you know, finally, I, I, you gave back it was a, my mug, it was a my I Love Gnome pr prison, mug, Prisoner right? exchange or something, right? Yeah, why did it, it wasn't talking. It was shaking. Mm -hmm. It was frightened. I finally have got it to come around. It was like, it's like a lawful good character, you know, Barred up in a, an evil temple. What the hell did you do to my friggin' mug? Uh, <laughs> no, there's still three of them left. I got no gnome left behind. He's help us. James is holding. I mean, him. I'm gonna put uh, some matte tape over their eyes, like they're like they're uh, <laughs> blindfolded. Yes. They're captured. James is holding. James is holding up his three little gnomes. I mean, little even for they gnomes. Little. They're they're tiny gnomes. They're little gnomes. I didn't do anything to. I know you're gonna find this shocking. I did. Absolutely nothing to your cup. I couldn't care less about it. I'm glad you enjoy gnomes, but I couldn't care less. That's right. You didn't give it love. It was. It, it was. It needs that, lots of love. I, it, no, there was no love to it. There was. You didn't put your lips nothing, to it. No. None. <laughs> no, nothing like that. Forget it. I'm glad. Good. All right. All right. right. Let's get to. Uh, uh, so we talked about uh, the guild. We so I think we're ready for random encounter. So for those who were yeah. here last time. It was as epic as you could make it. We had uh, Erdlin, right? Um, yes. Facing the Tarask in the underground mole rat abyss. He realizes uh, there's really not much he can do against the Tarask. So then he does divine intervention and brings in Valprax, correct? Valprax. Valprax, yeah. Right. Right. Packs. That sounds like some kind of medication or something. <laughs> <laughs> Having trouble with Tarasks? Have you thought? Yes. Have you talked to your doctor about Valprax? Valprax is unpredictable. Right. 
Side effects include. Being That's eaten. right. So, um, yes. So then I, because I didn't want to spend three hours on this, we had stuff to do. Uh, I basically said they went to the prime material plane and ate whatever they wanted to. Which, when we talked about uh, the terrasse the first time, we said, wouldn't it be great for them to go together and destroy whatever? Yeah, like best right, buds. They, they have a lot in common. On the uh, unique creature uh, Tinder, they would swipe the right way, I think. They would like each other. They have common themes. I don't know anything about Tinder. I just know about Discord. But, and then they went and ate the Gnome Village. Not the Gnome Village. Well, the village where, right, from the, the Gnome Fighter right, Illusionist is an end right. to... A fitting end to that. Okay. So we need two new creatures today. Okay. All righty. So on the Dorso roll, I've rolled a five. I believe that's Monster Manual that 2. That is correct, Monster Manual 2. And I'm going to roll it again just to know. Right. Okay, so we can do it. See, I'm efficient. It's Monster Manual 2 again. I rolled a six. So we can just right. do them both right Sorry from Monster, Monster Manual. Manual. Yep. I believe you are rolling a D10, D10. sir. That's right. The, the only reason I wasn't too mad that you needed to get the book is because you, you have marked up your book in, that has all the settings. One is I rolled a seven. Okay. Ernie, I am flipping. Oh, it is outdoor, outdoor. An outdoor random encounter. Okay. And I now need you to roll. Vaughn, I should know this by now. A D6, please. D6. Three. Okay. We are in a temperate wilderness. Nice. I now need you to roll another D6, please. Uh, three. We are in a forest. And I now need you to roll. Oh, hang on. So as as you know, I'm easily fascinated. Right. And so I was interested in this issue of a D8 and a D12 having a flatter curve. Right. And so I actually did test it out. And it is, yes, and it, and it is. So what do you mean you tested it out? You actually sat and rolled dice? No, oh. I didn't roll dice. I, I did a chart. You did a matrix with all of the possibilities. Okay. And it is so, and it's true. So the oh wait, that's not that's barbecue chicken pizza. Uh, uh, yeah. And and so yeah, so so if you've got a, if you've got two dice that are different amounts, it does flatten. So absolutely, so it, it matters. You know, we we did. I told you that. I think I told I you that did. David Thompson, our Chamberlain, told you that. But apparently, our our. But you wanted to prove it for yourself. No, I no, I knew it was tr- no. I'm sure it was true, but I wanted to I wanted to see it in action. It was very interesting to me. Well, and it says it in the book too, actually. Yeah, right? I think it does. It's, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. I don't know. I don't have anything to do. Apparently, well, All right. you could have been working on the module. No, I think it's almost like when they, the the science teachers. You know, bring those experiments home that you have to do with your kids, and they're annoying experiments, and you feel like you have to to do them, even though you know. Okay, I get it that the the hair was going to stick on the balloon. I get it. Why do I have to show my whatever? Right. And if you have one so kid, it's usually you're okay. But when you have three of them, after the third time, you're just like, look, can we just skip these steps? You're not going to. I did it last year. Just we'll, <laughs> I'll I'll sign the. Just give me the paper. I'll sign it. Right. I'll. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say you did it. 
All right. All right. So you're now rolling. Yes. The, a the, flatter curve. The D8. D8 we're tr well, we're trying to flatten the curve. Do we have something that expands the curve? Because that's where we're at today, you know, if, with the pandemic. Is there something that just has right. just yes. straight line? Yeah. <laughs> Well, that would be like one to twenty. That's one die. Well, that's still yeah, percentile. That's still, that's still linear. We actually want something that's you know that is exponential. That's what we want to, you know, you roll a d6 and it and it ends up being you know five thousand. Uh, a total of fourteen. We're in the forest. Is that right? We're in the. I see. So I wrote this down. Outdoor temperate wilderness forest. Yes. Okay. What did you roll? Fourteen. Oh, this is fantastic. Giant. Porcupine. Giant porcupine. Okay. <laughs> then I got upset because I tried to talk to the giant porcupine right. in the Gnome Illusions Thief thing. Uh, and Kelly said I couldn't speak to it. And, and I, I wondered if it was burrowing. I felt you, it did perhaps. Did you review that? I did. And I think something like they burrow sometimes. There's, yeah, okay. And that leads to a whole debate. We, we'd have to get, of course, the expert of communicating with burrow, burrowing mammals on here, Rob Ritchie. Right. Uh, to answer that, but uh, so, all right. So, where is is that a, a is, where is the uh, giant porcupine? You know, he's well, he's on the twelfth layer of the abyss, which apparently has a temperate forest area. But now we need oh, a right. second. Well, well, I meant what book? Oh, oh, I don't know. That's a good question. Did you know there's deadly pudding? What's deadly pudding? You can't eat your meat until you have your deadly pudding. There's deadly done pudding. There's brown pudding. Here's a white pudding, but it's think it's. Is this the? Oh, this is the white pudding from. Well, this is pseudo undead. The, uh, from the frost giants, right? Apparently not. Okay, I think not in this one. Must, okay, I it, did not find. What is it? The monster manual, porcupine. Does that sound right? Yeah, it is. It is page seventy-nine. Seventy-nine. Uh, the giant porcupine. Okay. Wow, six hit dice. I was looking at something yesterday that was common, and it was just startling to me that it was common, but it's lost to me. So, yes, okay. So the giant porcupine is uncommon, one to two appearing, AC5. It's, it's a slow mover. That's good, right? Yeah. Six inches, so you can flee. See, so yeah, six hit dice. It's large. Mm -hmm. It's giant. It is, so... And that's not large. They don't mean large, Zay. Gary doesn't mean large for a porcupine. Yeah, they mean large it's for It's large. large compared to a human. Right. So it's like the size, what, like of an elephant? Uh, yeah, it's big. <laughs> I, think, I don't think I ever realized a giant porcupine was not just like, you know, like a giant rat or something. No, you know, just like a is, really big porcupine. Right. No, this is a massive porcupine. Holy mackerel. And it shoots quills. Right. Okay, it's animal intelligence. Uh, it's neutral. Giant porcupines are found primarily in wooded areas. They are stupid. Stupid? How non terrible. That's not very correct. Uh, Gary, he, not Gary calls a lot of people stupid. Well, we're going to talk about Dragon Magazine. Yeah, Wasn't he talking about pe people? He was saying people were stupid. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but if threatened, they're able to defend themselves with ease. Jeez. The giant porcupine can bite with some effect. Oh, so that's the two to eight, I guess. One, yeah. two to eight, maybe. Or, but they will do this only in the most desperate defense. 10% chance for melee around the creature is above 50% damage. When they're cornered, basically. The old cornered animal thing. That's when they'll strike out with their claws, with right. their teeth. 
the old saying, don't corner a giant porcupine. Right. The main defense of the giant porcupine is its ability to shoot one to eight quills from its tail, each quill doing one to four hit points of damage and having a range of 30 feet. As its quills are up to three feet long. Oh, my goodness. Any attack which comes within six feet of the creature will likewise suffer one to four quills in return from the porcupine's defensive movement. There's no practical limit to the number of quills the creature can use, as there are over 80 in its tail and over 300 on its body. The porcupine views only uh, the porcupine views any approach in 30 feet as a threat. Okay, so I need to, uh, I need to digest this because, as you know, when I read, I generally don't understand what I'm reading. It's been a problem for me all my life. So, especially in your job, so, would you? Have? Yeah, in school. <laughs> It's yeah, it caused all sorts of difficulties, which is why I was always telling my parents just sign it. Okay, say I did it. Okay, so all right, so it can bite, but it's only it's going to bite rarely. So its main defense is shooting these quills. So it can do one to eight, and so I, got, I assume you got to do a hit on each one. Yes. Okay, so we roll eight times, uh, one to four, and it's thirty feet. And is there any? So do you have a deduction? Is it like? Short, medium, and long for missile weapons? It, I guess not. It just says 30 feet. So Okay, so no deduction. It's good. So it will like any attack which comes within six feet of the creature, likewise suffer one to four quills in return. Right. Okay, from its defensive, wait, is this in addition? Okay, yes. So I'm confused. Right. Yes. So one is an attack, even though they say it's mm-hmm. its main defense. It's actually its attack. Right. It's going to shoot at you if you're within 30 feet, if, if it senses you're a threat. Because only stupid things, to use Gary's parlance, is going to get towards a giant porcupine within 30 feet of it. You are obviously kind of like w- the, want to engage, tussle with it. It's like the giant skunk girl. Right. You don't... Uh, like, go ahead. Yeah, no, you're not like, hey, let's go check out that giant skunk. Right. So what you're saying is, if so if I come within 30 feet, we know that it views any approach as within 30 feet as a threat. Yeah. So once you're within 30 feet, you are getting one to four, a one to eight quills. Right. Is that right? Yep. One to eight quills at one to four points of damage if they hit. So that's that's pretty powerful. This makes the mana core uh, tails oh. look crappy. Yeah, and so when you attack. Then on your round of attack, when it's doing its defensive business, then you get you're getting another one. another one to four? Right, because you get stuck with them. So you're getting two, two to tw- Oh, wow. Yeah, row, so, oh, I got you now. So it's not shooting. You're like in melee, and it's now lashing about. Right, and you're getting impaled by these things. Yeah. Yeah. So... You don't look too good. Are you feeling all right there, Oh, buddy? my nose. You, my you, allergies all of a sudden just kicked up. It's just, oh, no. it's, it's just the thought of uh, giant porcupines. So uh, I'll be okay. So, okay. I care about you. So, well, I did see is, you yesterday, though we had masks on. So perhaps, and I was fine up until yesterday. Maybe you're true. Maybe you're an ins- asymptomatic carrier, and now you've, oh my God. you've, yeah. you've taken me out. <laughs> I'm going to have to run the IT tonight for no. the game? Oh, that's not good. No, I think we'll, I'll survive. I just may not say much. I'll, I'll, just survive through tonight. You'll just see my hand moving the mouse around. That's right. <laughs> you see it one day. Oh, that's, that's right. So that's, that's the love. Uh, that's, just survive to tonight. After that, eh, 
your, your usefulness drops off. I appreciate that. So, so, so let me understand. I think I understand what's going on with the giant porcupine here. Basically, it's random encounter. It, you take a lots of damage. If you're low level, you're dead. Yeah, if you're low, low level and you get within 30 feet of this, you deserve death. Because you're going to get an average of four quills, each of them doing two and a half points of damage. AC, uh, hit die six, that's, what, about uh, four, four and a half times two and a half? That's like ten points of damage per round, roughly. That's a lot. Well, I don't, I don't know that I deserve to. I'm walking around a corner. I take a turn of bend. On the forest path, that would be terrible. Yeah, that's and you come it's around the if bend. If surprise, you're screwed. You're right. And could you imagine if you're a gnome, how little you are, or a halfling, just walking down the forest, and, and there's this ginormous Right. It doesn't even porcupine. say. It just says large. So, and yes. But it's I, quills uh, three feet. Right. Yeah. They're like that. They're yeah. a yard. They're a yard. It goes like right through you. Right. And, and they're commenting on the chat. Uh, yeah, right. If you attack the porcupine, you suffer D4 quills. That's what I read. Now the question is, do, you, do they automatically hit or do you roll an attack in the defensive thing? I think you roll an attack. It doesn't say automatically hit, right? right? That's right. Oh, it does say we'll suffer. Oh, well, just, that's true. We'll suffer. Yeah, well, that- suffer one to four quills. No, I don't know. I, You know, because you've got armor and things like that and, and, and hit points are like, you know, I don't know. The, you know, it's not necessarily actual damage. It's you're being warned. I, I, I think the default, unless Gary's quite clear, I would think that you need to do a, uh, you need to do a roll. Well, you could read it either way. It, it also depends how much the party has upset you. If you say yeah. there's a giant creature with hundreds of three-foot-long quills and you're, it's a random encounter, and they go, oh, let's attack it, then I would give them the auto hit. If it's the gnome that's... <laughs> Turns the bend, I'd let him roll. Yeah. I, I, well, I, I don't know. I, I think there's a rule. I'm lawful neutral. There's a rule. You're a little chaotic there, buddy. Yeah. There's a rule, and you got to decide it. You need predictability. So, all right. So there's – I don't know that we have – oh, and I'd like to get some thoughts on people if gnomes can talk to the giant porcupine, if a giant porcupine burrows at all. But I, I don't know that we have much more to talk about with the giant well, porcupine, we, we, do we? we already, uh, uh, the Scourge says no, they don't burrow. Okay. He says well, then that if that's true. Well, him and Kelly then, have said no. Well, and then I own apology, Kelly. I, I, again, I, but I thought Minnesota's a badger, not, or is it, no, they're gophers. The Wisconsin's gophers. the badger. So, so what you're saying is, as a gnome, I shouldn't go up and try to talk to the high giant porcupine? Right. As, as the Scourge has said, they're blind as bats and dumber than rocks, just bristling with pain. That could be said about oh. a lot of people. <laughs> that's, that's right. All right. Well, so, so, uh, so they're like, um, um, oh, what am I thinking about? What are those, the long snouts that they run around here in Florida everywhere and they're blind? Possums? Oh, well. Poss, thank you. So like possums. Yeah, except they're I mean they're de- not deadly. Possums are yeah. deadly like no, that. No, possums are sti- possums are just road bump. They're speed bumps. Right. Okay. But these are terrible. Okay. All right. So that's uh, con- contestant number one. The, yes, in the left corner, the giant porcupine. And so now you are rolling again a d10. What was it? A d10. Ten. Ten. Four. In a dungeon. Oh, good. Okay. 
And you are rolling another d10, please. D10. Three. Okay. And uh, now I need the two to 20. The flat bell curve. The flat curve. Roll. D2. Okay. Now I'm becoming like Dan. I'm struggling to identify the dice. <laughs> 16. That's a little off the curve. I have no... This has got to be Monster Manual 2. It is something called the Ustilagar. U-S-T-I-L-A-G-O-R. I feel like I'm in a spelling bee. We should have that. The Monster Manual spelling we, bee? I love it. Yeah. That's great. We should have it. Next set. Yeah, remind me of that, and I'll get some words. I was thinking of a segment. I was thinking of, you know what I was thinking of, like, wouldn't it be fun? It'd be hard to do. People may not like it. But remember uh -huh. the show To Tell the Truth? Yes. We'd have three people on, like, and one of them wrote for Dragon Magazine, and you'd do the Tell the Truth, you know, and you'd, you'd ask each one of them questions, and the other two would be imposters. And we wouldn't call it To Tell the Truth, because then we'd get in trouble. We'd call it Detect Lie. Ah, uh, Detect Lie. Right. Is that gold? I think that's silver? good. Huh? Copper? Right. That, I was going to say, is that gold? Is that silver, <laughs> at least? Copper? That's awesome. Detect Lie. Like that? Okay. But we'd have to find... Like a lot of people. Okay. Well, we would, do it, with, we would do it with, uh, yeah, we'd have to find people who are interesting, which we have some people who are interesting. That would be, oh, okay. that's, uh, that's not, you didn't, right. that didn't, really didn't happen. Right. Okay, yes, it's on page 122. I don't think I've ever okay. used this thing. It looks like an intellect, <laughs> intellect devourer's <laughs> retarded cousin. Can I say okay, retarded? Listen. I apologize. Okay, look. Okay, can you can you show pages one twenty two and one twenty three? This is why. This is why. The Monster Manual two is just look at these things. They're all. I mean, what are these things? See, that's ridiculous. The Monster Man. The Monster Manual has giant porcupine. That's a normal, solid. But they didn't, creature. They didn't make a. They didn't do an illustration of the porcupine. I guess they assumed you knew what it was. I know, so disappointing, isn't it? It would have been so, nice to have, you know, the the thief or a gnome illusionist uh, getting impaled by them, but no. Yes, the quill through them. We need to pay. So we need not. We need people to make art of things for the monster manual that, that weren't illustrated. Perhaps when we talk to our special yes. guest in August, maybe he'll do a. Uh, we can commission him to do uh, artwork for for that because that would be amazing. That would be. We'd have to. We'd, we'd have to drain. Probably have to drain the. Yeah. The, the patron funds. I, I'm sure that we would have to give. A, it would be a good giveaway. A frame sign thing with a porcupine impaling a gnome. <laughs> we can't give that away. <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> See, I just look at this thing. Yeah. The Ustalagor, and it looks. I don't know. I'm not feeling it. But all right. I said it looks news. like an intellect devours. Yes. Not formed cousin or whatever. Right. All right. Here it is. All right, it's rare. I guess I should cheer up, shouldn't I? I'm yeah. not. I'm not approaching this very well. Okay, I'm sorry. The Ustalagar. Okay, James. It's rare. It's uh, AC five, nine inch movement, three plus three hit dice. So it's actually less than our giant porcupine. Right. One attack, two to five. Uh oh. Plus poisoning. Yeah. Those are all. Uh, it has psionics. Are you prepared to handle psionics in combat? I am prepared. Oh, no, this is great. You know what its alignment is? Yes. Neutral, paren, Parenthetical evil. evil. Parenthetical evil. <laughs> Parenthetical evil. I love it. Just like the giant hangs out with giant rats. Or he's got psionic ability. 
Ustilagor fungi. Hold on, we're getting a some pe- comments about there's some pushback on your on our disliking the Monster Manual 2 artwork. So No, well, well, wait, 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 hold on. Now let me be clear. I'm not talking about the quality of the artwork. Correct. I'm talking about these creatures just seem bizarre. And there's so many of them that seem bizarre. I wouldn't mind like an Ustilagor next to like some more normal looking creatures. But these the fact are that you all... said that they're normal-looking creatures is interesting. I know. It's a little. It's an oxymoron. So they know, all right, so they're, they're like, don't you agree? I mean, look on the next thing. They're all, stuff is just odd. But, and even the oddity is fine. What we find most unhelpful is look at going back to, on the same page as the porcupine, 78 and 79, yes. there are two pictures which show... This is so instructional. We have the giant pike <laughs> and the piercer. Right. They have pictures of how to use these monsters. As it says, instructional for a DM is what you're, as a right. DM, you're, you're, you're finding this helpful. Right. You can right. give to people and go, look, here it is. This is what happened to you. I don't, because, you know, a lot of players, when they, when you try to explain things to them, they, they, they may have master's degrees, they may be PhDs, but all of a sudden they become very, Dense. I'm just going to say it that way. What do you mean? How did that happen? How did that? What do you mean it fell out of the sky and, and impaled me? Right. But then when they do something, it's like, no, it happened this right. way. I did it like this. And you go, this is what happened. Oh, okay. <laughs> Got it. That. <laughs> Blame Gary. Yeah. To me, uh, I think that's where it was. Now, if they had, you know, the Ustilagor, I don't know, whatever it's going to do, we're going to find out. Um, you know, because it, it, it atta- attacks with its tendrils and, and wrapping it around a human, I'd be a little better. But yes, there is some oddity to the creatures. I agree with that. Okay. All right. Early controversy. Uh, so, Ustilagor fungi appear to be brain-like growths with coral-like appendages. Although soft and not fast by normal standards, they can scuttle and dart, and this accounts for their relatively high armor class. Their attack consists of flicking out ribbon-like tendrils about three feet long. A hit inflicts damage due to alkaline fluids and causes the victim to save versus poison or suffer additional-like damage. Oh, so it's not... Uh, okay, so yeah, it's, it's not, not super poison, unfortunately. That's not save or die. On the following round, as a caustic substance affects its body, most of the gores have no intelligence or mind as defined by human standards, so mental attacks do not affect them. These monsters do, however, have some form of brain, for they have psionic powers. Ushlagors can employ telepathic. It says telepathic. What is it? I thought it was telepathic. There's an M there. You see that? Telepathic? Yeah. Hmm. Ushlagors can employ telepathic projection to project the following emotions on an individual during a round. Okay, all right. You know, I don't know if you noticed, we have a creature that does something similar to this in the, well, I think it was in White Dwarf, the one we're going to be looking at. Oh, that's right. It exacerbates your emotions. Yes, you're exactly right. I forgot about that. So, okay. So we've seen this before. And that's all a little carbuncle. I think the car, you know, it's a little carbuncle Yeah, yeah, the carbuncle. So we've seen this before. Hate for associates, distrust of associates, fear of fungi. Loathing of area or uncertainty. These projected emotions cause attack, bickering, desertion, or dithering accordingly. 
So that, that's very derivative, isn't it? We've seen that with the carbuncle, kind of. Mm -hmm. The carbuncle does stuff like that. And, and White Dwarf from 1980 had a creature similar to that. Ustagors also use energy control to protect themselves from spell attacks and the like. They attack psionic individuals only by id insinuation. Only a psionic blast will affect them in turn. Okay. All right. I don't know. Am I being... Yeah, it's not that. Am great. I wrong? Am I wrong? I, I, Convince me, I'm wrong. Well, I'd 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 like to know what, how this creature came to be. Right? We know, you know, who who thought of it? What was the context of it? What was the ecology of this thing? It's a fungus. You know, and there's there's been a number of these fungi and oozes and jellies that have psionic abilities. So, all right. That's good. <laughs> That's good. Okay, he convinced me. Yeah. He's good. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> He's meh. He is meh, isn't he? Yeah. I, mean, I, I, I think the porcupine is super cool. See? See? Just a regular porcupine, but you make him giant, and he's got the quills. He's cooler. Right, which, something which if, if anything's derivative, that's really derivative. Just taking normal animals and making them giant. But that's, uh, you know, we like that. Yeah, for some reason I like that, you know? Okay. To each his own. Well, you get to pick. All right. Or you get to roll to see who. Uh, okay. You're the. I know you want one to. Th you pick one to three is porcupine. Is that how you want? Okay. One, one, two, or three, and you're the Ustalagor. Okay. Four, five, or six, and I'm the porcupine. Okay. Perfect. That's great. <laughs> now, <laughs> now what? One, one, two, or three. You're the Ustalagor. Four, five, or six. I'm the Ustalagor. Oh, come on. <laughs> I'm the Ustalagor. I I kill myself. <laughs> I just, is there a cliff nearby? You jump off the twelfth tree, right? And there are twelve trees. Yes, here. I climb. Can I climb? I'm gonna do it. <laughs> You're gonna have to like knock me down. Don't do it. Who's the liquor? No, I'm derivative. I'm derivative. I'm, I'm just pathetic. a carbuncle. Yes, I didn't even make it into the feed folio. <laughs> so I don't even make it to the feed folio. Okay. I, I'm a I'm a I'm a fiend factory wannabe. <laughs> That's bad. When you're a fiend factory wannabe, you know you're unusual. When the fiend factory crowd is like, "Damn, dude, you're weird." When uh, who, who was it? Albie or who was the one who did the review? Albie Fior was the editor. If he didn't do all, but yes, he was the and, editor. And he would factory. even say, "We oh, think wow. these are garbage, but we're going to publish them as is." I love it, and yes, and like. People, they, they so publish them as is that they not want to retype them because they're like, it isn't mentioned what you need to turn this thing. And so they'll opine on I loved that about White Dwarf Ash. I loved the fact that they would criticize, be critical and comment on them. But yeah, they're, it's not very good, but we're publishing it anyway. So, all right. Yeah. So uh, the, all right. So let's do so it. I'm the porcupine. I'm doing a sonic blast. You, you don't have a sonic blast. You can only I'm doing do an whip. You can. I don't. You can only do it against. Whip? It, it doesn't do anything to me because I'm not a psionic creature. I grapple. You can gra You can try to grapple. In fact, I hope you do grapple. <laughs> my tendrils. That's right, because I'm going to spine right. you with my with my porcupine things, quivers. So basically, this this creature is fun to mess with a party. So this kind of thing. Right. I mean, I can. I guess I could try to make you. Oh, they have some. Uh, can I play? So I can do telepathic projection. Can I do telepathic projection even though you don't have psionics? That's, no, you can do the projection. Right? You can do that regardless. Right, Correct. 
That's not psionics, right? Correct. Or what is it? It's, okay. That's its telepathic projection. Okay, so I'm going to, yeah, so I can do fear of fungi against you. Yes, that would be okay, good. Got it. All right, okay. so well, first we have to roll surprise. Okay. And I got to keep writing these segments down, which, by the way, uh, if we keep adding segments, w w the pandemic will be over and we'll still be adding segments because uh, that's a lot. All right, so we're going to roll D6 for surprise, correct? Yes. No, using standard oh. surprise. Here we go. I should be happy. Five. Two. Yay. <laughs> Five. Yes, yes, a two. Okay. You are surprised <laughs> for two segments. Well, okay, I don't have a brain. Why am I surprised? I'm, either I'm is, never is surprised that, or I'm always surprised. Is that literally, surprised? you don't have a brain, why am I surprised? Or uh, you could, or, or am I saying I don't, you don't have a brain, why am I surprised? That's uh Oh, I got you. Yes, you should. You shouldn't be surprised. Literally. All right. Let's see. Ten to thirty feet, because you're surprised. We're surprised. Uh oh. Ten feet away. Oh no. So I came. Wait, hold on. So what's happening here? So I'm like, we're in the kind of the forest, because uh, we should be in your area, right? Right. So like, I'm I'm usually in a dungeon, but I find myself for some bizarro reason. We're in the twelve in the trees, abyss. or whatever it's called. So I'm in the twelve trees, exactly. So I'm like wandering down this path, and I turn the bend. Right. And there you are. There you are. And you're huge. Do you know I am one foot to one and a half feet in diameter? You are a, you're, so you are a snack. That's what I you should are. want to walk under you. What do you care about me? I'm, I'm a snack. You've come within 30 feet of me. And what does that mean? You're a threat. So you're just like stuff is coming at you, birds. You're just quills. <laughs> just... So like you could be like you could just be walking through the forest and a quill comes at you. <laughs> yeah, you're like you never even saw the Forky. It's like he's like somewhere else, right? right. You just okay. It would have been better if we had the you know. Speaking of odd monsters, the the creature next to the Urstagor would have been better. The urch, the land urchin would have been a better uh, a land urchin. The one that's right next okay. to him, because he's yeah. pork. He's got spikes too. It could have been a spike on spike action. Oh yeah, spike versus quill. So, so is the land urchin like the Darwin thing? Like they come out of the sea and they grow legs? Apparently. Is that what it is? I guess. So he's like in the middle. He's going to, okay. Yeah, but that seems more appropriate. Anyway, so I, uh, the porcupine has two segments of surprise. You're within 10 feet. He's going to attack. Let's see how many quills he launches at you. Says, okay, do, do, you, do you think, I'm sorry, but do, do you think that monsters that don't have pictures get used less? I, th I believe so. I think so. Okay. That's all. Because, like, you know, I'm, I'm not even paying attention to the twilight bloom up here. It's called Purple Death. Purple Death, yeah. Yeah, right, Purple Death. All right. Okay, attack. Oh, uh, yes. So you're doing, the, you're doing the quills. One to eight quills. Eight quills. Oh, I'm having uh, I think I have my allergies. Eight quills? Eight quills. All right, hang on. I'm going to roll my hit dice. Well, it could Which be dust. Eight-sided? Could be dust. pointier one, right? Yeah. Hang on, I got a three. So your AC is a one. five. Oh, and a seven. No, that's four. Eleven. Plus fourteen. Fourteen points. You have fourteen hit points. Keep track of that. I have fourteen hit points. He is okay. six hit dice. Your armor class is five. Correct, sir. Wow. He needs an eight. Ninety percent lair. Why did I ever go out right, with a lair? Never that's left. just my luck. I decide to ten percent of the time to go out and One, I run into a giant porcupine. Two hits. Two hits, two misses. Actually, oh, and you get two attacks. 
I don't get two attacks. I get one attack, but I shoot you eight times. I'm rolling eight different No, attacks. you get two rounds. No, I rolled a two. Oh, yeah, that's surprise. correct. You're exactly right. <laughs> Let's bring this to an end. I only hit you four times, which is pretty actually pretty good for you. On attack, which are on attack number one? Uh, four times I hit you. On attack number one, correct. Right. So it does a D, one D4. You, the first segment, you take nine points of damage. Wow. This is why surprise is so ridiculous. Uh, so now the second round. Okay. This will be quick. 16, 14, 14. Oh, I got to see how many quills I get. I can't assume. Oh, I only get one. Darn it. <laughs> <laughs> For three points. So, you, so I did 12 points of damage. Wow. I have two. All right. I have two hit points. You have two hit points. So now so it's I've initiative. So how many quills are sticking in me? I need a visual. Five. <laughs> so I'm this little one to one and a half foot in diameter little blob right, with legs. Five rulers, basically, those like yardsticks. So now I look like the urchin next on the left. You do look like the urchin, except I'm, you, a, I'm a lander. You wanted a lander. I got it. I should charge you with your own quilt. You should. You SOB. I don't, I don't know if that does anything, but that would be, be something because you're about to die. Okay. Let's so, go. Uh, declare right. action now. Yes. I am going to. I would like you to write a piece of paper and send it to me, uh, what your actions are. <laughs> Thank you, Gary. Um, I, I want to do a fear of fungi emotion. I'm going to try to project. I'd like to, I'd like to project. And the emotion I like to project is fear of fungi. I think Wait, uh, that's not very good. Wait, that's a terrible decision. But I guess I said it because if you're afraid, you're going to bite me. I'm going to shoot you more. <laughs> exactly. That's right. I misplayed that. Yeah. I said it. Yeah. So excellent. All right. I, I, I'm not, I'm going to continue to be feel like I've been threatened, uh, and I'm going to continue to shoot my hundreds of missiles at you. All right. So here's initiative. You're not going to bite me. No. Two. Five. All right. So you. So uh, I fear. I feel completely feared. Well, let me ask you. Hold on. But let me ask you this. So you can employ telepathic projection. How does that work, though? Do you get? I'm going to say he gets a saving throw. These projected emotions cause attack, bickering, desertion, dithering accordingly. Yeah, I was going to say. Do you get a saving throw? Is is telepathy? Uh, attack is hate. Somewhere? Bickering is distrust. Desertion is fear. Oh, wait, where did you see that? Well, it says, does these emotions hate? Oh, oh, is it the, oh yeah. The projected emotions cause up. attack. I've learned from you that accordingly, I assume, means in the order uh, that they were presented. I agree with that. Very good. Good spotting. So here's the question. So you, so you, so you want to know if you says, get an attack? Well, it says, well, are you going to desert? Because it says the porcupine. Right? When the porcupine, is he going to desert because he's afraid? Yeah. If, I'm going to give okay. him a saving throw. If he doesn't make So you're not going to have him bite? Because wasn't there something about no, he gets bitey? If, if he's down less than 50% of his hit points. Ah. Uh, the giant porcupine bite with something, they would do so only in the most desperate... Defe right, he's not cornered. It's not like I've got you cornered right. against a tree or anything. All right, all right, like you said, fifty percent is the rule. Okay, cool. So, so you would desert if I, I'm, but you you think there should be a save? Yes. Save versus is that, spell. That's just sort of your sense. Yeah, 
It's an attack. I there's no... Unless you're gonna, unless you're gonna roll to hit for the attack, which doesn't make any sense. Yeah, there is. I assume this is not the time to look up t telepathy in the DMG, which refers you to ESP. Oh god. It's probably... Well, like, what does a helmet telepathy do? Uh, it lets you read thoughts. If I okay. An emote. But so, I am not. I'm not just reading your thoughts. No, you're projecting. Right? You're projecting I'm projecting. Emotion. Is there like a project? Is there like a spell like that? Probably so emotion. I think the emotion's what eighth level spell. It's a pretty powerful oh. spell. Do you want me to look that up? Well, I, guess, well, I guess the only reason I say that is I would then be saying to myself, okay, is there some guidance? Here we go. More than just all right. Page one sixteen. Telepathic projection. Player's Wait, handbook. we're page one sixteen oh, of what? Player's oh, handbook. Oh, 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 yeah. So you're in psionics. There it is. Yes. It's similar to similar. the devotion of empathy. However. The possessor is able to send an emotion. Oh, there it is. Saving throw is special. So we have to go to... Empathy. Empathy? Yes. Returning. There it is. Okay. Empathy. So page 112. This discipline allows the basic needs, drives, and or emotions generated by any unshielded sentient mind to be sensed by the possessor of the sonic power. Thus, he or she can sense thirst, hunger, fear, fatigue, blah, blah, blah. This system functions in a directional path. Okay, now wait a second. Under empathy, it says saving throw, none. Right. But under telempathic, and it is telempathic. It is, that's what I said. That's what I said. It's yeah. Right. How about that? We've learned a new Another word. Another word for that I don't know spelling what... bee. Yes, telempathic. That's right. What do you mean? Can you put that what in is, a sentence? We don't, we don't know what telempathic means, do we? Maybe someone in the chat could help us. Do you know what telepathic no, I, no I think pe people put it there. It must be the science of reading and uh, empathetic. It's probably tell empathy and tell. Oh, tele yes. Yes. It's like telephone. And tele must mean like telephone, right, yeah. telegraph, right. to communicate. Telestrate, yeah. Okay. Project um, emotions. Right. Um now they want okay. now exactly Grog Khan spelling bee with prizes. That's right. Well, we we have always commented, <laughs> and I know many of the folks feel have said this that these books, especially for me, they they definitely prove my lexicon because I have words like telepathic. I have no idea. I have to look it up to figure out what it is. So, so so what? Go ahead. It's a special under well, let's say under saving throw here. It says special, but then when you go to empathy, well, because empathy you're just reading the emotions of the person, so that you're just. But why wouldn't it say negates? It says special, but then it doesn't. Special usually means it's going to tell us something. It doesn't say negates or none. It says special. Well, it says the possessor is able to send an emotion, and then it says special. <laughs> Yes. For saving throw. So the way I'm, so I'm going to read it, unless it says something about psionics and the saving throws, which it may. That's what I'm looking for. Great. See? Stupid. Usta Lagor. It's got me stuck in psionics. Shut, and this is, this is why people go, can't we just play uh, code names or something? Because we're having to look up how telepathic projection works. Anyway, when I see a save special, it means there is a save. So that's the way I look at it. Hey, on the spot sounds good to me. Well, I felt I felt better once I saw that there is a telepathic projection, 
and that it has a special for saving throw. Yeah. I mean, so, right, so it, it, it is a psionic attack. Right. And I can use this on anybody, right, is what you said, yes, right? Yes, you can. On an individual during a round. Right. And, and, and it's a animal intelligence, so you're, I think it's very base. I think it just gets a saving throw. Okay. And, and the saving throw, I'm going to rule that it's favorable to the Ustalagor. Uh, if, he, if he makes the save, that means, like what people are saying in the, com, in the, uh, in the chat, that the porcupine is going to react violently to the fear. In other words, <laughs> he's going to attack. That is special. Right. If he, if he fails to save, oh. he's going to just try to run away. Right. Because okay. that's good for good for the uh, Ustlugor. So he needs to make a saving throw. And this is why, pro DM tip, I wouldn't try to figure all this out. i just roll and see. Once I've, right. once I've said I'm going to give him a saving throw, if he makes it, if he gets like an 18, he saves, he's going to do whatever he wants to do. If he gets a 1 or a 2, he's going to do what's good for the person who's trying to do the thing. I rolled an 8. That's probably not good. That doesn't sound good. It doesn't sound good at all for you for, for the for the porcupine. Oh, I was already planning on getting a porcupine plush toy for you to put in the grog studio behind you. Oh yeah, he totally totally failed to save. All right, so he's going to attempt to flee. Because I oh I get an opportunity attack, don't I? Uh, yes, of course. You're ten feet away. Do you want to take advantage of that opportunity attack? Yes. Okay, make your roll your to hit. So you just flee. So you're not, I guess you don't get to do anything, right? Because you're just I'm, you're scared. I'm running. That's right. Fear of fungi. Fear, fear of fungi. Okay. I rolled a 19. You hit. And then I have to make I'm, a saving throw, if I remember correctly. And I get two to five. Hang on. Two to five damage, right? Don't I do right. my damage? The tendrils? Yep. Or is that that's, the... Yeah, okay, the tendrils. So, and then I have to save versus poison. Yes. My, my tendril did, a, did four points of damage. My alkaline fluids. Oh, poor yeah, porcupine. Fourteen. You think I like impaled my? Is there a chance I impaled my tendril in a quill? Oh well, yeah. That's what's definitely going to happen. That's why I wanted you to oh. attack because you get one to four <laughs> thing, attacks back. Any physical attack, you get one to four quills back. Oh, but I asked you. I said all you got to do, all you're doing is fleeing. Right, but then you, you attack. Go, wow. Okay. That's and now you have to save versus poison. So how much damage did you do to to the? We could both die. Correct. Well, no, you're not gonna you're not gonna die. I did four points of damage. All right, he has to make a saving throw. He he failed the saving throw, so you can do another D four on him. Okay. Poison time four plus one, right? Yeah. Another five five hit points more. So a total of nine. Yes, sir. So he's down to ten because he has nineteen hit points because he's six hit dice. Okay. Uh-oh, uh, but I made another error. I've not played the Oostalagor very well. Well, uh, I think you have. I think you've done great. <laughs> well, I see, pl- I see porcupine plush toy <laughs> coming. So now you get four quills at you in response to you slashing I, out. I, I, I'm always lashing out the Oostalagor. I shouldn't lash out. You were hit three times. <laughs> oh, no, I'm done. For eight points of damage. I'm 
praying to, I'm praying to the brain deity. Right, to the fungi deity. Oh, wait, a non-brain. I look it's odd, isn't it? I look like a big brain when I that right? Yeah. But I have no brain. I have no intelligence. You have it's ironic, weird intelligence, isn't it? yes. Because you're a fungus. You're it's alien. All right, here we go. I know there's been a lot of suggestions that I cheat on this these roles, but here we go. All right. I'm praying to we'll figure it out if we need to. Oh God. Okay, listen. You heard the dice roll. Oh. Okay, look, can you see? Can you see? Uh, no, I, I see dice. I see. Uh, I'm getting nauseous. Oh, God. You see that? Yes. Yes, I see it. I, don't, I, I think you rolled other cheating. dice and you just kept those that way. We, no. Where's Grizzly? Yeah, I just, I, the, the noise. I took some other dice right. from the noise and just set them down That's as exactly. the, the 05. Uh, I'm telling you. I, I swear to my deity. I swear to Jublex. Yes, these are, this, this is just, it's insane. I mean, the people are responding. Uh, They're angry. Yes, vi viscerally to we this. we need to talk this out? No, no, we don't need to talk this out. Do I need to take a lie detector he, he's, test? He, the Islagor is dead regardless, so he's gone. Now the question oh, is... I Listen, and this is not in my interest. I wanted the pork, the giant porcupine plush toy, right? Because right? you know how I feel about Go Delicious. Right, I agree. So I would think that would have been awesome to have a giant. I mean, think of all the names: Spike, right, right. or Pointy, whatever, right? Yeah, Spike, Mr. Pointy, yeah, Ms. Pointy. Okay. So now so we now need to figure out. Well, this just may be sending a small animal, but we do need to find out the the deity. Well, should we roll to see if the actual deity comes? Because the odds yes, are pretty low. Let's do I mean, that. It's hit dice is right. only three. It's like a three percent chance, right? Oh God. Okay, hold on. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I totally agree that uh, you know people are commenting it is animal intelligence. It has no intelligence, but clearly it has intelligence. Oh. So. Okay. Well, here you go. Good. James, are you watching? I'm watching. I really hope the deity comes. Oh my! This is kind of scary. Sixty-six. Uh oh. Does that mean like a giant spider comes? That would be Or nice. like a dryad? Or not a dryad. What are those things? Uh, those lost things? Well, your, your interpretation of divine intervention has got them all fired up because they're like, why does, it, why, does a why does a brain fungus have a deity? Well, so. Hey, it's a show, guys. It's a show. <laughs> this is what we do. This, how do you think I feel? I have to deal with this. That's right. So do you, don't you think that that roll of 66 means something? We're in the abyss, and I, you saw it. Right. I rolled a 66. Uh, well, I could be. Maybe we should look on page 66 of the DMG. Let's pick a deity from page 66. No. Nope. Okay. No, nah, that's not so good. Only. So what would this, so wait, well, he's a fungus. Right. And so he sell, send like yellow fungi or a yellow musk monster zombie? Uh, possibly. Or he could send a uh, mold back to Jubilex. Right. Well, it could be Jubilex again. Could, cause, could you extend this to slimes and fungus? Does Jubilex have any dominion over fungi? No, it's slimes and jellies. Okay, so what are the fungi? I don't know. This is starting to become really... So we have violet fungi. Well, you have to figure out the deity first. Oh, jeez. Carlos is clearly not online. No, Carlos is not online. Because he'd be like, "Well, you got the Greyhawk deity you're having, fun guy you're having, first. You're having a rebellion here, so you don't listen. We well, don't watch the chat. I have to watch these people. 
you, you're just, you have to hear the visceral comments. They're just, they're not happy well, with this. Well, listen, maybe they're right. I'm sure they're, Should we? I'm sure they're right. <laughs> oh, we know that, right, we know they're right. The question is whether we're going to follow what they well, say or not. Uh, no, we've, this is, this is, we've set this up. We're going to, we're, and, and the, the problem is we've made the rule that creatures, you know, we did this for non-intelligent. We've done this for the freaking beetle. Well, Apshai, the bug. I don't know why they drew the line here. Right. Because we had, what, a fire beetle called Apshai. Mm-hmm. No, I didn't hear people having a fit about that. <laughs> That's right. They're pro-beetle, they're pro but fungus, they're, how dare they? It's the, cor- it's the coronavirus. Everyone's getting tense. They're getting edgy. <laughs> well, you know, listen, hold on. It could be a Celtic deity because it is plant-like, right? Nature. Yeah, I like that. I was just on Celtic. That's there. How about that? Where I was just on the Celtic. We could be Sylvanus, god of the forest and nature. We are in a forest. Uh, we are. I like so it. So where is right? page uh, thirty? Sylvanus, god of the forests and nature, looks like a man with very long legs. Any any number of animals and creatures of the forest. There you go. Wait, it, wait, it sounds like he would have been more pro porcupine. <laughs> <laughs> you killed my porcupine. Yeah. <laughs> um, he, all right. He's not down with the semi weird intelligence. Uh, So I like this guy, Lug, the long-handed god of generalities. He's the ge- general thing. Oh, that's right, Zugmoy. Who? Zugmoy, the demon queen of fungi in Greyhawk. What? Yeah, Zugmoy. That's that's. Oh, see, I don't know any of those. Okay, that's a good one. No, that's this is why we have. I think he's in here. It's in here. Zugmoy. Yeah, right, let's see. Do I have it? Zugmoy. I remember that. We gotta look him up. Or her. Or her. Or it. Well, it's not in the Greyhawk one. It must be in the. Uh, uh, it must be. In, which which module was that in? What module was Zugmoy in? Humongous fungus among us. Okay, so. Yeah, it's not in here. You're right. But I remember Zugmoy. What was that in? Tem- Temple of Elemental Evil? Was that in the Temple of Elemental Evil? Yeah, Temple of El- Elemental Evil, Zugmoy. Is, Mo- is Mole the fungus? I do I have the Temple of Elemental Evil? I don't remember. Oh, this is just, this thing's grinding to a halt. Now they really know we have no idea what we're doing. I don't know. Okay, you get whatever you want. I don't care. Oh, it could be a Cthulhu deity. Yeah, I don't have the Temple I, of Elemental Evil sitting here right here. But Zugmoy is a good one. That's a good call, Jonathan. I like that. Let's see. Do you, do you know if mold is a fungus? Because he could he could send yellow uh, like a cloud of yellow mold. Here you go. Uh, oh, well, here, we, here interesting. Here we go. Zugmoy is the demon queen of fungi. There you go. Jawless symbols a jawless human skull, and and that creature's evil, right? Uh, no, I think it's neutral. Parenthetical so, well, let me see. evil, exactly. That. Oh, parenthetical evil. Yeah, that's right. Good. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And Zugmoy was in the dread and fell ruler of the 222nd ghastly plane of the abyss. 
oh, which are so on the nearby. Abyss. That makes perfect sense. Thank God for our listeners. That's all I have to say. Thanks, Ugmoy. And is and um, and she was forced to share Shadakla, a layer of the abyss, with the demon lord Jubilex. You gotta be kidding no, me! I don't, no, this is this. They're is, neighbors. Yeah. Well, they're sub like they're like they're roommates. Right. Exactly. It's like a duplex. And also critical, Zug, Zug, Zugmoy <laughs> was a competitor and enemy bee. of Loth. Yeah, there is a spelling bee for that. Oh, and we rolled 66. That's right. So it's got that Loth yeah, connection. Loth connection. That's right. We should st- Make sure to put that down for the spelling bee. Uh, huh? uh, Zugmoy? Yes. Okay. So, yeah, this is like... This is like what uh, we should do a, some kind of conspiracy channel where we basically, and then 66 was rolled. Coincidence? I don't or think a harbinger so. of, of things to come. That's right. Okay, so right. you've got a fungus. So now you have to figure out what fungus you want Zugmoy to. And that kind of makes sense too, because she's otherworldly, she's uh, alternate intelligence. So what fungus do you want now? Well, and so, uh, so, do you think is our mole is mold a fungus? I don't think a mold's a fungus, to be perfect. But I'm sure there may be molds that are fungi. I, so I, if if they're not, then we need to do a fungus. Well, if we if we're gonna do a fungus, we have to do the mycinoids. Isn't that the whole thing? We have to do what? The mycinoids. No, what are you talking about? I uh, from a I know not four. They're near the Mordrones, but the Myconins, the fungus man. There's a fungus? Oh. <laughs> okay. Fungus man. All right. I'm sure you clearly must be a monster manual, too. Page 94. That's right. Fungus man. So <laughs> that would be a good T-shirt. Fungus man? He would be a good little that plush was a, boy, don't you that think? That was a great song from Soundgarden, Fungus Man. That was great. Fungus man. Yeah. Or was it Mycenid Peren Fungus Man? See, that... Oh, yes. The fungus people. That's awesome. Is that Errol Otis? I love that's great artwork. Uh, Wait. Yes. On the right, that guy looks like Lawrence Schick. Is that Lawrence Schick on the right? Well, it could be. He wrote the module. Doesn't that look like him? I think that looks like him. There you go. That's Lawrence Schick. He's fighting... Lawrence Schick is fighting... Fungus man, or a, fung- a fungus a man. colony of the fungi. Yes. So this is okay. This is make it a little better for you that it's in an A, you know, an A module. Which, by the way, what yes. it says in the corner, 1980. Okay. This writes itself. That's right. This is. People think we have no idea what we're doing, and they're right. But sometimes it comes together. We let the dice guide us. Right. The guy. The and, dice is and- our is our thing. Yeah, wait, what is it? The dice is my, uh, what are the shirts they have with uh, my co-pilot? It's my co-pilot, that's right. My D20. (laughs) D20 is my co-pilot. Well, there you go. (laughs) That's the the T-shirt. My D20. The D20. Well, people want want us to make a moderately evil T-shirt. They totally want that. Yes. I think that's a great idea. I also want the, what is it, like, something about all dwarves or thieves or something. I don't know. Well, that's true, too. Okay. All right. Rude. Okay, so now 
we have to, if you thought there's a, bl a block text on this, you got to be kidding me. Wait, I love this. Oh, my God. I can't read this. Wait, he's lawful. They're lawful neutral. They're my alignment. These are my people. They are your people. Well, you are a fungus. You do kind of grow on people. <laughs> oh, I'll be here all week. Thank you very much. Ah, have the deal. Okay, yeah, no, listen. I can't read all this. This is horrible. I was, this is where you say, don't worry about it, Dan. Yeah, I'll just... Don't worry about it, Dan. We'll just, we'll just go with right, it. Okay. We're just going to go with it. Can, well, I guess we have to figure out what it does, don't we? Right. What? We're good at... Distress, reproducer, rapport, pacifier, hallucinator, animator. What is it? Albums? Right. What is this? No, they have different... They can spew different clouds of specialized spores. You've run A4, haven't yes. you? Yes. You're ready to go. Well, I don't know if I'm ready to go, <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm here because... Yet again, you seem to get divine intervention way more frequently than, than it should be possible. I know, but, you know. All right, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to say, I'm not going to say it's the king of the myconids or whatever they're called. Um, no. That, that, would be, that would be ridiculous. So roll a d6. Okay. I, I, I just feel like I'm seeing when I look at the fungus man. I look like I'm seeing some guy in a costume that would be come out on stage during a Spinal Tap concert. Well, <laughs> that's why I like the Earl. The Earl Otis ones are way better because you got. Oh yeah. They look. They look. Yes, they are. They should have just used yes. those. Why? Why did they not use these on the cover of A4? Right. They're perfect. Okay. I rolled a five. Okay, so it's a five hit dice thing. Oh boy. That's all you need to know. Oh, that's nice. Oh, the porcupine's going down. Okay. No, it's not going down. I mean, it's not going down. Uh, your, your, your porcupine has two hit points. He has ten hit points. All right, so, oh, so okay. now we have to roll surprise. I have to roll surprise. I don't think the... Yeah, no, because I'm being sent on a mission. Five. I'm not surprised. So the, the, okay. my, the five hit dice... So you're basically like, oh, fungus. <laughs> Figured that would happen. Was there a, uh, now they're saying, was there a, a, a fungus lord in the vault of the drow? There may be. I should have checked that. I apologize. Uh, that fungus has sailed. That, that ship has sailed. <laughs> um, so this is, a, this is a pretty powerful uh, fungus man. Oh, it oozes a poisonous substance to, an, to animal flesh. Right. You're an animal. Fungus men fight by clubbing their clasped hands. Do a one for of dice per hit dice of size. So there you go. So five hit dice do five to 20 damage. Okay. So there you go. So that's your attack. Okay. But you have AC 10, which kind of sucks. How many attacks do I get? Just one. It says one to four attacks. Each of their pudgy hands has two stubby fingers and a thumb on either side. Okay. Yeah, this Okay. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm attacking. And the tail goes this on one? and on. That's what I've just thought. This is like the Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. This is, this is our Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. Dan. Yes. 
Right. We killed the. It all. It all goes back to killing. I don't know. Go delicious. Right. Like killing the albatross. <laughs> we killed the, the curse of go delicious. Oh no! I meant this is when you go get a soda and you go to the bathroom. Uh. <laughs> and we need an intermission. <laughs> Do we need? This is one segment. Okay. It's initiative. It's nine twenty-five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're not going go. to twelve thirty today. We don't have a guest. Why are you yelling at them? We're the ones doing it. It's like you're angry at the people listening. <laughs> <laughs> they have nothing to do with it. We only it's ourselves to blame. It's, it's your fault for letting me roll. Why did you let me roll? Okay, you let me you're roll. Right. You know I I've know. got like a connection, right? Yes, you have something. Up there? I've got like a stairway to heaven. Okay. Let's go. Okay. How many attacks do I get? Let's get this done. Right. Now, now I'm like initiative. ready to. Okay. Okay. Let's fo- do it. All focus. Right. Focus. I rolled a six. Focus. Wake up. Do you need a five-hour energy? No, I'm good. Because the show's got five more hours. Right. I rolled a six. Okay. You you want initiative? You're a five-hit dice creature. So please, for the love of God, hit. Okay. So how many attacks do I get? You it get says one. one to four. One. Why? It says one to four. You get one attack. Where are you at? Help! Help! Help me help you. Page, uh, yes, page 94, okay. number of attacks. I understand. Oh, I'm sorry. I was, yes. <laughs> I'm getting punchy. Yes, I was looking under damage for attack. I got you. All right. All right, here's the roll. The damage scales based on the, oh, the creature. Oh. So just roll to hit. Just shoot me. Yeah. <laughs> 19. You hit. Excellent. So now roll 5d4. Got it. <laughs> you can keep track of this. A 2. Uh-huh. A 3. Five. A four, a two, you, I mean, eleven, and a two. Thirteen points. Okay, you have slayed the porcupine. <laughs> However, the porcupine does do one to four quills against you in the defensive attack. That's right. Because I'm. So tell me. So what do I do? I put my hands on you. Right. I'm you, grabbing you, you. You pummel me with your giant fungus thing. Yeah, that is very risky. Right. Okay. Well, he gets four attack, and I rolled four quills. Are coming back at you. My two pu- my two pudgy hands with my stubby fingers right. and thumb. I rolled two twice. I still think I hit. Oh, I missed twice. I needed a three. Darn it. All right. You take uh, five points, but you survive the myconid, the five-hit dice myconid. Myconid. Yeah, myconid. I basically, I just kind of, you know. Do I does, clean my hands? Well, does the porcupine get the uh, Sylvanas roll now? Oh, gosh. Well, I, 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 you had to say uh, it. Yes. I'm rolling it. Go for it. I'm rolling it. You roll it. I'm rolling it. Yeah. I've been fired. It says three, but I'm saying 49, so no. Did it really say three? No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. It, said, it was 49. Okay. Let's see what I would have rolled. I'm seven, I'm sure. Yeah, I w- 32. All right. Bring, oh, yes, we're bringing it home. That's right. We're done. Yeah. So I'm coming home. we have a question. The Mykonid was summoned by Zugmoy. Does he go back or does he, because we've done this two different ways for next oh. time. Is he still available as a champion or he has to leave and we have two new champions? I saw he has to leave. Okay. Who, who did we keep? Did we... we... Mess up and keep somebody. I think the Charon, one of the, was it the Charon Demon or someone? I thought we did, uh, yeah, okay. The Mykonid goes away. I'm going with the Mykonid. Because he's goes. not, he's on a special mission. Right, he's going away. That's right. Yeah, he's, he's not, 
He was doing other stuff. Right. He was. Yeah, that's right. He's not like an ant that you like move and you drop down and then just starts moving along somewhere. Or like those people in those video games, you know, like when you build an amusement park, you pick up and you just drop them and they go. Yeah. He was just sent on unless no, but, his deity got bored and forgot to bring him back. I would think. Well, uh, this guy's pretty, pretty, pretty good. Why would Zugmoy leave him out here? Yeah. He's 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 a he's a killer. All right. So two, next time, two new people. Howdy, howdy. And, and you know what I. And what I got out of that was uh, t- the idea of a T-shirt fungus man. Now, definitely with the Errol Otis art. Now, we can't do that because we'd have to get Errol Otis to draw a new one. Or we could just... Right? It depends if he still has the rights to his artwork. Well, can he... Well, let's not get into that. Whether he can draw... Yeah, so he can't even draw the fungus man. Yeah, you may be right. Or maybe he has rights... There's Wizards of the Coast. It could... Okay. We're not sure who owns this picture because he did quote him. I mean, it's... it's Maybe he maybe he doesn't own maybe he owns the print. Maybe he owns the master. Maybe he had a, he had a good lawyer. Right. Negotiating. I would hope right. so. The, All how right. many hit points did, did the porcupine had? He had nineteen to start, but uh, nine was taken by the Uslagoy, whatever thing was called, and then um, he got whacked by the thing. Oh, Vic Dorsa says Earl Otis would be a great guest. He would be a great guest, wouldn't he? You know what would be awesome is if on the 40th anniversary mm-hmm. of the release of Deities and Demigods and his iconic right. cover right. appeared on the show, like around August 15th. You know, Gary said that Deities and Demigods was due to be released August 15th, 1980 in bookstores. Right. In stores. And so, yeah, so uh, we're beating around the bush here, that, but yeah. That would so be we, amazing if he said yes to coming on August 15th, Earl Otis. That would be, that would be amazing. That, that, would be, that would be awesome. I'm not Isn't saying it, that's going to happen, but that would be amazing if, if there was correspondence with Earl Otis and during that conversation, there was an agreement that he would be thinking about coming on August 18th. That would be great. 15th. 15th. August 15th. <laughs> well, it's all hypothetical. Right. Anyway. This is all nonsense. I all mean, right. we're not That would be cool. That would be cool. But yeah. we don't we don't like to announce things because it's hypothetical before it's time. So probably we would be doing this. We probably would announce this hypothetical thing closer to late July after the tournament because then we would know for sure this hypothetical thing would happen, correct? Correct. Excellent. All right. Now we're on the oh, spell it's ha- slide. Oh, it's happening. Oops. <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> I screwed the pooch. Well, okay. this, that's, that's this random encounter screwed the pooch again. So, As usual. Yeah. All right. What? Let's do. All right. Spell selection. Uh, spell selection. Let's make it happen. Roll percentages, all right. man. I'm rolling percentages. Now, this is the time you want to roll high. I know, right? I really want an illusion spell. Oh, then you want to roll low. Twice. Ooh. Wait, oh, we're low. I rolled a 90. All right, now I feel you, like I got to show you well, now you all have my rolls. Now you don't have to show me. That means you got a clerical. Now we have to see if it's juridical. Oh, I like that. Okay. So it's 25% juridical, if I remember correctly. 93. I think that's juridical. It could be. Oh, I, okay. I so the high is... The... I don't... I always change this. It's We're using the scroll rule. And I go back and forth on how to do that. We're in the forest, so druid makes sense. And, and we were talking about, what, the Celtic deities? Correct. Right, so that kind of blends in. 
in tonight's game as a Celtic team. So. Uh, well, the first part was correct. The second part, what did you roll for the second roll? Uh, 93. Yeah, sorry. That's not a Druid roll. Okay. Druid's I 1 like to Claire. 25. All right. Okay, so uh, seven levels. Yep. D- so you want to roll a die eight? I will roll a d8. One. Okay. In my in my territory. Yes, you should know these. Roll d12. Just pre- you, got you know, it. pretend you're okay. the cleric. Pre- cat, figure out what spells you want to do. Exactly. This is I like to randomly roll. Okay, I've rolled an eleven. Resist cold. Okay, this made up for the two-hour dissertation on the other one. So. This is not, this doesn't sound interesting, but let's find out. So Resist Cold on page 44 is our random spell selection. So level one, it's a touch spell, duration one turn per level, takes a, verbal, semantic, and material. Takes a round to cast. One, uh, one round to cast, so yeah. So... Well, let's read it, and then we'll talk about it. When this spell is placed on a creature by a cleric, the creature's body is inured to cold. The recipient can stand zero degrees Fahrenheit without discomfort, even totally nude. Ah, so, so isn't that called alcoholism? When Because, like, when, yes, at the, this is basically at the, the pack, equivalent. At the Packers games, where you see them all na- or half naked, and they're at Lambeau Field, and it's 20 degrees below zero, and they're out there? They're, yes. That's alcohol. Correct. But, you're, you know, the good news is you don't suffer the other ill effects. Gotcha. Great, greater cold, such as that produced by a sword of cold, ice storm, cold wand, or white dragon's breath, must be saved against. Oh, so greater cold. So resist cold is not going to help you against certain things, unfortunately. Well, get, All sa- go ahead. Oh, I know. I always stop reading, right? And then the very next sentence is something useful. All saving throws against cold are made with a bonus of plus three damage. Okay. And damage sustained is one half if the saving throw is not made. Oh, so that is nice. Or one quarter if it is made. Uh, normal from that attack form. The resistance lasts for one turn per level of experience of the caster. A pinch of sulfur is necessary to complete this spell. So like many of the other, or at least some of the other clerical spells, this sounds like one where you need to know what combat you're heading into. Right. Right, and do it in advance. And I like, it's interesting why resist cold is first level, but resist fire is second level. Hmm. I guess it's easier to resist cold. I, uh, it just, why wouldn't they just have reverse cold, resist cold and fire reversible? You know, you can pick. Oh, yeah, it isn't reversible. Well, would reversible be cause cold? Well, yeah, make you uh, like I'm sus- susceptible to cold. Is it? Man, why is it so cold in here? <laughs> drafty. It's drafty. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't it doesn't actually cause you any damage. You're just very uncomfortable. <laughs> well, I think there's a chill. What's chill? Isn't that a cantrip in the book? Are you guys cold? Right. I think there's a chill, right? That chills drinks or something, if I remember correctly. In the, you could use in the that. book that so shall you not be named. It, but it's a but it's a creature. Yeah. So it's I don't think you could just touch a glass. So you'd have to touch, and you have to touch somebody. So you touch somebody, and yeah, I, I like. I think the reversible should be cause cold, don't you think? Yes, cause cold would be cool. <laughs> would you have like a cold, like, like, like? It seems to me that both. So you know, you and I encounter each other for the first time in months. You know, in months, and and here I've my nose is running. 
Your allergies, what the heck? Yeah, it's not good. I'm going to cause cold. I think it was probably the uh, encephalitis we got from the mosquitoes that bit us in the three minutes we were standing outside. <laughs> That's true. So have you ever used or had a player use the spell resist cold? I know we've used resist fire. I don't know if we've used resist cold. I'm sure... Um, and, and again, it's one of those, like you said, it's very situational. This would be, depending on the type of campaign you had, where the clerics during their downtime, they run off and they just write scrolls. They become scroll factories. And they carry around their scroll of seven uh, spells with resist cold. They're going to go attack the white dragon or the brown mold, right? Brown mold, yellow mold. What's the mold that... Uh, uh, sucks all the heat out and causes cold damage, if I remember correctly. You, I think it's brown mold. You're, wait, so That's you the saying stuff that like, Vic Dorso used on us and killed us. Uh, so, you know, so, or if you had a cold campaign, some of the folks are like, well, if you had a cold campaign, then that would be good. Like, like G2 would be helpful, yep. I assume, yep. right? So are you saying that, like, brown in the market square, there's, like, a cleric... And he opens up his robe, and he's like, I got some spells. And I'm like, all right, what do you got? I got resist cold. And you're like, oh, come on, man. Resist cold? I'll give you, like, a copper piece for that. Because it's not, right, why am I going to spend all my time writing resist cold? How am I going to sell those? I need to head north. I guess I head north. Well, you have to be in a ski resort, you know, kind of thing. Oh, yes. So, yes. So that's, yeah, I'd have to head up there. Yeah, because otherwise... Or you want to go see the white drag, or something that emanates cold. I'm sure there's other things that just uh, suck the heat out. I remember brown mold. I'm sure there's another one. And that would be part of the... You know, we have people climbing Mount Everest with Sherpas and all these other people, and, you know, they make it as comfortable as they can. This They would be like, oh, we can make this... You want to climb Mount Everest? No problem. Cast resist cold on you, and you walk yeah. up and down. I'm sure it takes it more than like an a hour. It's a package deal. <laughs> right, exactly. You, with this, you get two resist cold spells. Right. It's like, the, all right, I'll take that. Yeah, it's like a, it's a better package. Right. The gold, the, the, gold, the gold coin package, the gold piece package. Right, or the, yeah, the, this, I want the full platinum, a carried and resist cold. Why should you be in discomfort when you're on top of the mountain? Right, okay. I, I th so, no, I, I get, well, like we've talked about, would this be a spell? Well, you'd pick the spell. Would this be a spell that I would... Purposely select, not randomly select. And the answer like you're would be, in the desert. No. Yeah. Right. <laughs> when you're playing in the porcelain short of Queen Ashala and you randomly roll resist cold, even though it's like a, a desert theme. Yeah. No, no, I agree. No, I think this is for the I think this is for the cleric who's heading north. He's like, Oh, I got a business trip. Or south. Really south. Really south. I got a business trip. Yep. Yeah, all right. Okay. I, I would never pick it over Cure Light Wounds. And in fact, if you did pick it, even mm -hmm. if it was in like a cold situation, you'd have other players, characters looking at you with some disdain. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they've been happy. Okay, so yeah. So as is true for many clerical spells or some, it's, it's, it's pretty situational. Well, and this is where some folks, some DMs, I know some of the folks on here, allow the, the cleric to kind of have some latitude in when they cast the spell that, you know, they can pick one, which again is not the way we've 
it's written in the first edition, but you know that if you allow some latitude, then yeah, this is you know, you 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 pick at the time of casting oh. as opposed to oh. pick at the time of anyway. memorization. Right now, obviously, with this fire is better because I just think that there's more things that are causing. Typically, you encounter things that are going to cause fire damage more. Right, don't you think? Absolutely. Yeah, but. Why is the magic more important to be second level? That just seems like pretty cheesy. It's not like it's a more complicated spell. It's just more useful, which kind of yeah. sucks. Yeah. So just be resist cold, resist fire, first level spell. Oh, we forgot. We need to look. My guess is there is nothing. You, you think there's a, probably a three or four page uh, Yeah, no, I don't. Th- no, no. You, you know why there's not. You know why there's not? Because no one used the spell. Yeah. So that means if no one's using it, no one's abusing it. True. Yeah, I mean, what's the odds he's got to write something up on, on Resist Cold? All right, Nothing. so at page 40, 40 what? It, oh, I'm sorry, 41, yep, if DMG. it's anywhere? Yep, it's not. It's silent. No, it's not. The book is silent on this. It's not. Oh, look, but there, you know what? Detect evil, basically the degree of evil. Faint, moderate, strong, overwhelming. Oh, there's four categories. Yes. Faint, moderate, strong. Hey. So I was actually... When I told you guys the white was moderate, I was actually at like second to the bottom. There's there's four. I always thought I was in the middle. And it's gen- gloating. It's general nature gloating. Okay. Yes. You, All right. you were fine with it. You actually, I thought, was very, for, on the absolute scale. Right. Uh, and again, for those who don't remember, now we're like self-referencing old art. Have we, have we come to that point where we're referencing previous shows? But that's it. So... A classic in our uh, joint D&D game. We played B2, Keep of the Borderlands. There's a white. Uh, the paladin, I think I'm playing the paladin, tries to detect evil. Dan dutifully looks in the book and says, uh, we, by the way, we're first or second level. When you had to tell me, because I think you said, well, you know, Dan. Right. I get to know what, what level. There's what, these different categories. And we evil. looked it up. And you probably read the categories to me. Right. And what I did was I looked at the turning table. Right. Right? So I went to, because I'm like, okay. So it's absolute. And I looked at the turning table. Well, we didn't I, know it was absolute. You, dick, you, you said to yourself, moderate evil. We didn't know that was relative to that. Right, because there's 12. Well, you should have known. You're the paladin. So there's 12. <laughs> there's 12 categories. And it's fifth out of 12. And so I probably said, okay, fifth out of 12. That sounds to me like it probably would be in the in the one, two, three, four. Probably, you know, it's a high two. But it's in the two category, which would be moderate. It, 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 was, it was touching toward the higher one, but it's, it, it's, it's not over the half line, right? So up to six would be like the two, right, if you're doing the quartiles. Right. And so I, I, I just dropped it in white. I said, as you feel moderate evil. But, you know, you guys, here's the reality. You, half the people at the table knew it was a white. Yeah, but it was I, good. I, I knew Me it was too. a white, but I couldn't say it because that, I, didn't yeah. want, I didn't want people to, I to do that. So Lane knew. Lane surely knew it was a white. He went, he went back there. Mm-hmm. He knew. Come on. He, he, he knew B2 very well. Yeah. Anyway, it is what it is. So that's where that's where the moderate evil came from. And so your T-shirts will be on the. We need to come up with our merchandise thing at some point. All right, let's see. Let's see if uh, Vic wants to get on. I know he wanted to get on, and the poor guy's been up since like I don't know two in the morning. So Vic, how you been? 
Oh, tired, tired. You Working didn't... my butt off. You, you know, nobody else wants to work during COVID, but you know, I have to. <laughs> uh, that that would that would be incorrect. I I have an essential. Uh, I'm an essential worker. We are trying to figure out ways to take take all the money that our federal government is giving us and uh, distributing it. So I, I'm uh, well. Write a check to Angry Dwarf Games for consultation. <laughs> well, the uh, well, I think what happens is we'll have a we have to build a website and you have to fill out 400 pages of documentation and then you may get a thousand dollars. Oh yeah, it sounds like a government contract right. that I've had to fill out or two. <laughs> exactly. So again, thank you, Vic, for these uh, uh, great gifts, great uh, value. I know some of this is because we uh, pledged, but. A lot of this was extra because you're a fan of the show, and we appreciate it. And we look, and you've been so generous. So thank you for that. We really appreciate it, and we plan yeah, to give no it away. Yeah, no problem. We'll have to figure out how to get you on when we do the giveaway. So, what is the big announcement that you want to make? Uh, well, Scourge of the North has uh, decided to go to war. <laughs> oh, so you're going to war? Okay, who are you going to war against? I've uh, declared war at. Well, actually, it's it's. I've allied, of course, with the uh, the uh, Emperor Strangler. Right. And uh, we've decided to go to war against the uh, Brian. Is it Brian Herring? Let's see here. Um, I sure. think there's a there's a Steve Herring. He's in, he's Brian in Lynch, Michigan. Right? He's in Michigan. There you go. Steve Herring uh, is going to be losing his. Uh, uh, Upper Peninsula of Michigan, the Empress Strangler has wanted it and asked me to contribute troops to her uh, her cause, and she has oh. she's declared war. Okay, well, that's some controversy. And, and, I like it. And, and, and in doing so, I've decided that I'm going to take uh, northern Wisconsin because you know, hey, I got to cross that anyways to get over there. So, all right. Well, first you wow. so first you're going to have to. Uh, okay, so we understand your intentions, and you have come to uh, the Grog Emperors, to, to, and we appreciate your deference to come here and discuss that. Um, yes. And, you know, so I think initially you're going to have to make a move against, this is like diplomacy, you're going to make a move against northern Wisconsin. It is currently unclaimed. So right. uh, what that means is if someone wants to claim northern Wisconsin within the next month, uh, you'll have to become a patron and claim it. Uh, if they don't, then clearly there's un. Uh, ungoverned uh, lands will fall to you since no one has claimed it. Right. Then the next month, you would then make your campaign against, you and the Empress Strangler would make your campaign against uh, the northern Michigan area, which again is currently under our under the domain of the Viceroy uh, over Michigan and the surrounding waters, his devout mm-hmm. brilliancy baron. So what we'll have to do is we'll see what happens next month. Your armies are moving into there. If now that does not include the free city of Lake Geneva, right? We we do that. Oh no yeah. no no no! I, I totally I designated land. a line from the. Uh, uh, let's see here. I wrote it down here. I designated a line from the point of where Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Iowa come together across Wisconsin to Sheboygan, Wisconsin. So anything north of that line would be taken over by the the. Uh, North, Scourge of North the of Sheboygan. So that is, uh, can you draft that up, Dan? The official uh, rules of <laughs> yeah. survey lines, as you know. Oh, here I, I've, I've already. I've oh, already made yeah. a okay. Well, you'll be sending that. <laughs> That's right. We have that. Excellent. Okay. Well, wonderful. So and um, 
So uh, to our to our Grog Emperor, to the Grog Empire, uh, there's some folks who are, are a little trying to figure out if they want to defend northern Wisconsin from this aggression. So uh, um, it's going to be like World War One. <laughs> All the alliances, the whole world is right. going to be the whole Grog that, Empire. Right. This is going to cause the whole Grog Empire to. Uh, well, bribes have been been known to be shipped to uh, to uh, other. Oh, other... that's what his plan was. That's right. <laughs> that's what he's doing with his three D printer and all this grogginess. Hey, that's right. That's what he. He's been building alliances. You no, know, this is uh, you know the, as we said, the scourge is more valuable than scourging. So I've only got about eight more of these sitting out and ready to go. So. <laughs> Okay, so He's very scary. So okay, so okay, so by next month, uh, if you want to participate in the defense of um, oh, so well, two things I'll have to do after we get through this. Uh, uh, well, there, there is no re- you know. So the comments on the chat are, you know, who represents the, the people of Northern Wisconsin? So there is no champion of North Northern Wisconsin. So someone have to claim that because the scourge and the Empress Strangler's armies have just crossed whatever that road is across. You mean that St. Croix River? St. Croix River. They've St. Croix the Mississippi they've River. Tro- they've <laughs> crossed the St. Croix and they've they've made their intentions known. And uh, if you want to defend, send us info that uh, info at grogcon.com. I will get I will get the declaration of war be sent through the official office of war adjudication, and um, if there did you um, wait 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 there's did he pay the fee the declaration of war I think what it's like requires a, is a small filing fee I well, think well that's there? two gro- two elect light up groggies he's paid for okay that's right he uh, he's paid for that but you know it, once he goes against uh, inter. Inter, international uh, disputes, we may have to ask for more things, which apparently he's working on his next work. Do you have enough to talk about that yet, Vic? Um, your next module? Which one are you talking about? I don't know. About? Which one, what's your next work that we can be bribed? Well, I, mean, uh, I, am, I, am, I am in negotiations right now with a certain um, original Grognard. Mm-hmm. So if if this person, I talked to Dan a little bit about it. Dan, you know who I'm okay. talking about. And um, if that works out, what the, what the plan is, I plan on getting five authors together and making a book of modules, a yellow spine book, just like the, uh, you know, like the Dungeon Gears or like the original, you know, the original books and putting it together for people. And uh, that will be my next Kickstarter. Uh, oh, everybody's working on their modules as we speak. I, within the next 60 days, I hope to see everybody's put together and sent to me so that I can uh, assemble it in a book. And uh, at that time, if everything comes together, uh, it'll be a little shocking, I think, to everybody across the board. So Awesome. Well, we're looking forward to that. And um, can they... And f- folks who did not participate in the Kickstarter, can they still get Keep a Blood Red Falls uh, through? Sure. How, how, do, how sure. do they do Just that? Send me an email at Vic, Vic Dakota, V-I-C-D-A-K-O-T-A at gmail.com. And they can they can uh, pick one up for 25 bucks and that'll include all the shipping and everything. Oh. I'll send it to them. Uh, I even got some few signed ones left and uh, the discs, which I, I found that uh, have come. 
is something that nobody's ever thought of before because I also include player maps and the um, Dungeon Master maps on there so that you could put it on like Roll20 and stuff. Yeah, I noticed that. That's super cool. That's People are, people are saying that it's uh, that's something that they really like. So <laughs> People are mentioning how we're going to figure out the... Uh, Adjudicate the thing. So it, this is 1985. This is right at the uh, at the borderline between 1.5. So um, here's what I de- I've de- declared. So you've made your intentions. We uh, we accept that these are your intentions and will not stand in the way. But we are here to adjudicate that. So uh, I think we're going to use Discord. I'm going to we'll we'll create a Grog Empire channel. And if you want to either defend or support the scourge on his uh, overtaking of northern Wisconsin, which does that include Milwaukee or is that south to south of Milwaukee? No, that's south of there. That's south of there. So Milwaukee is safe. Yeah, you can have that garbage pile. Yeah, down so there. that's uh, <laughs> well, yeah, you're getting close to the free city of Lake Geneva if you're getting uh, at that point. So well, I figure I figure I don't I don't even want to set foot in the free city of Lake Geneva. It would be cause too much of an uproar. Yeah, that would that, that like, you would be you would be Thanos at that point. It would be all the Avengers yes. would have to come together and and uh, to do that. But uh, we will we will we will put this on Discord. We'll probably set up a Grog Empire channel. Um, we'll, I will put the declaration of war that, uh, of, of, oh, actually, it's, you really need two things. You have a declaration of occupation, your intent to occupy, and then a declaration uh-huh. of war because you're going after the northern Michigan area, the waters of northern oh, Michigan. Oh, so i got to write another one, right. a de- declaration of occupation, huh? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, it is diplomacy. So I'm going to look at the diplomacy rules or Kingmaker. Uh, you pick which, pick what the rules are going to be, and then we will figure that out. Uh, that's assuming well, see, that Vic doesn't see, bribe us. No, no, now hold it here. Yes, sir. Remember, it's the Empress Strangler that I'm giving these lands to. When I'm done, she could take. She's going to have Northern Wisconsin, Northern Michigan. I'm giving it to her to, to administer or adjudicate. Well, I'm just you're still you're still busy in Montana and the on the on the other side. So. Yeah, Minnesota, North Dakota, that's good right. enough for me, right. you know. <laughs> you've, you've pacified those lands, and now you're moving across. So Right, well, I'm, I'm just giving a little support, you know. He just needs, <laughs> he just needs some breathing room. Okay, great. Right. That's wonderful. <laughs> great. We're, we'll see if the alliance, we'll see if our empire is this passive, and in fact, some of the people are already saying they're going to do a joint peacekeeping mission and a resolution against, yeah. <laughs> We're going to make sanction. We're going to sanction him. And what's your oh, alignment, Vic? Oh, I'm always chaotic. I just don't oh, know. Oh, we knew that. What's the next part? <laughs> I don't know if it's good or neutral. Discord. <laughs> oh, really? All right. Well, we, we, we will set this up. Uh, we will set up a Discord. So if you have suggestions for the rules of how we adjudicate these things, um, we need to do that. But for now, if no one comes to the aid of the non-aligned northern Michigan by this time after the tournament they will be if you know the the poor innocent defenseless northern Wisconsinites will fall under the reign of tyranny that is known as uh, the scourge and then ultimately turned over to their new overlord mistress strangler a war machine okay D&D companion said I'll have to check that out I've never I've never used that okay and that's 19, that's in the appropriate time. Okay, excellent. I like this. So please go out to Discord. It's in the sh- thing. Sign up for that. 
and uh, this is where we can figure out the machinations of that. And what time frame do you think your Kickstarter is going to start? When do you think you're going to start that? Uh, I'm going to wait to see what everybody submits. I'm hoping everybody has everything in in 60 days. So within 90 days, I assume that I will be kicking that off. I've already been in negotiations with the book binder, and uh, I'm getting I'm getting quotes on that stuff as we speak. So it just depends on how how many pages everybody is submitting. I've told everybody to submit uh, 20 to 30 pages of adventure so that we can combine them. So, And it's still open if somebody else has something already uh, made. I, I sort of want to try to do this every six months where we have a book come out of first edition adventures awesome. of stuff that people have. So, you know, I'm taking a little different route that Carlos has got, but, uh, you know, there'll be other modules coming out there that are independent of that, that are my own creation so that well that's you know and we really appreciate uh you you know both you and carlos you want to keep first edition going and you know that's obviously the game we love so anything we can do to support that is always super fun so uh uh but anyway very good like i said we're we've got a couple more things so we're going to talk about uh uh white dwarf and dragon magazine so vic thank you so much we have accept, we have right. accept, and again, th this this stuff is I, it's hard to show on the camera, but what? Uh, why don't you describe this? This is the the gray groggy. All right. And and yep. basically, what you're supposed to put an orange dice d20. It's a guardian. I put an orange one in there. You can put any color you want, but what happens is it just shines up through and it, it lights it up just like the front of the, uh, the player's handbook, which is like this. You know, it just lights it up sort of just like this. And so that people, uh, you know, got the same effect, you know. It's a modification on the, uh, the big groggy that's behind you there, you know, that's got the flame. Uh, so it, it looks pretty it, cool, it's I think. perfect. Yeah. And, you know, it just needs to be painted. Three of them you prime gray and the other one is white, so you can go either way, right? Right. It looks, it looks super cool. Um, well, right. very good. I think Brian Larch has one. Um, I know I sent one to Brian Larch. And, you know, there's one for Dan. And, you know, he can put it on his desk when he gets back to school and freak out his students, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that, that's what I want to do. <laughs> oh, what the oh, heck, come you know? on. That you're, they already think you're, who are you? What was the thing on your Zoom that you said you were? Oh, I was uh, Brother uh, Hearthstone. Brother Hearthstone, yeah. So. Yeah, I had that kept it in Zoom because I was on... Carlos's game, and, and so yeah, so I appeared at a Zoom meeting as Brother Hearthstone. Yeah, so. well, that's all. That's all good. Uh, all right, Vic. Well, thank you, sir. It's great talking to you. And yes, we will work this out uh, after we get through today. Uh, oh, that's right. So now there's three people involved with this because. Uh, oh, great. <laughs> uh, now, now, because because uh, you know Sh Shannon of the Masters Most Ejected Suzerain of Bruce County up in, in Canada, he, he has claim to Lake Huron. So we're going to have to figure this out. We're going to have to put a map out there. Well, see, see, hey, 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 let me, let me just make a little message to the, the uh, Baron of Bruce County. Um, if we work together on this, you won't have to have any disputed waters. We can, we can have free navigation. You know, I'll get, I'll take Lake Superior and part of Lake Michigan and uh, you take uh, uh, Huron and, 
we've got you know free navigation that he is not going to be able to uh, stomp us down with our well, ships. This, this is perfect. Yeah, we need so this will all be on the Discord and uh, yes, I you know we are your typical uh, uh, impotent emperors who kind of just here and just we're just here to go. Oh, that's Excuse that's me? right. <laughs> Impotent empire. Yeah, we, that's, okay. we just we, just bring <laughs> keep bringing us goods and pretending that we're in charge. That's what this, this is about. So it is a community. Well, I'm, I'm running out of ideas of what to send you next. That's I right. mean, I'm sort of like, going, what do I send you next? Uh, though I do, oh, I do have one thing I'll show you guys that I built. Hold on All one right, second. We'll, we'll see that. It is becoming international. Impotent umpires, exactly. Well, you know. There's some medication that will help. Creation. Now, this is one of my latest Oh, creations. that's cool. Can it is a that? 3D yeah, so. dice tower with a dragon's mouth, and you drop it on top, the dice come out the dragon's mouth. It fits over the top of, like, a dice tray. And then I put a, uh, of course, I put up compass. here a uh, compass, a compass or something. But I was thinking about being able to take shields, like from the Grog Talk, uh, Thing and being able to put somebody's shield up here. Oh, that would for that. that would be super Very cool. cool. Yeah, so I'm working on this. This isn't quite perfect yet, as you can see. I've just taped it, but uh, yeah, the dragon's mouth works just perfectly. The the the, the dice come rolling out and stuff like that. So my kids love no, that's, it. That's so. very cool. That's that would be uh, be, that would make a good Christmas gift if if we're still alive yeah. for Christmas at this point. It's always it's always kind of. <laughs> Oh, maybe, maybe we'll, maybe I'll make one for the uh, uh, Grog Talk giveaway for Christmas. That would, that would That'd be, be awesome, tastic. That would be the ultimate one. So That'd be very cool. You guys could uh, see how many uh, patrons you guys get rounded up by then. You know exactly. Well, sir, say hello to the Empress for us. We're gonna try to get done. I don't know, three o'clock. So we have two hours before we go to the next uh, nonsense. So, Vic, uh, it's always a pleasure talking to you, and we will. Yep. Uh, but it, it's it's on now, so I've got to. Hey, I've, you know, between you and Dan, you guys keep me very busy. Got to set up a Discord. I've got to figure <laughs> out. Uh, we'll probably go with diplomacy. We'll probably do a modified diplomacy. Um, I'll have to lay out the map, and uh, you guys can establish your armies, and it's going to be super cool. I think this is going to be great. Because uh, well, it'll be a lot of fun. Now remember, since I declared, we've we've made a preemptive. Oh, strike. absolutely! You have so the advantage. Without it, for, yes. for Northern Wisconsin, you clearly have. You know, you've crossed. Uh, you've taken what is that? The province in France when uh, the Germans took that, or the Rhineland in uh, Czechoslovakia. You've 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 moved ahead of your your if any any uh, competitors you have. They have to react to that, but. It's the, right. but this, but you have made it known that this is not your final intent. Your intent is for parts of Michigan, and so that part they are moving. Or yes, it could be Poland. Yeah, that's right. So we—that's the part we're looking at now. Is is uh, yeah. unless they come up with a huge alliance, uh, it's very unlikely you're going to be or a champion arises from northern Michigan and provides a sufficient patron. Uh, yeah. Uh, thing. Well, remember my supply line's only 25 miles to northern Wisconsin. Yeah. It's it's like right there. Right. So. <laughs> it's, it's very unlikely at this point, but AK. But we don't want to de we don't want to depri deprive anyone who wants to become a patron from northern Michigan to do that. So, but uh, right. 
Oh, then I'll just do the Marshall. I'll just do the uh, U.S. Army Pacific Plan or U.S. Marine Pacific Plan. I'll just skip around and make an island and just keep going. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, sir, it's great talking to you. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna we'll look forward to seeing those books. Yeah, it'll be over by Christmas. That's exactly right. Well, this is a summer campaign. This is the time to to get involved with these kind of shenanigans. So. We will uh, we will see you next time, and I will put this up uh, after once and after we get through today's session. I'll start working on that. So it's it's, gr- it's great right. talking to you again. Thank you so much for the the uh, the swag box. It's awesome. You did an awesome job, and I'm looking forward to uh, the next one. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm, we're, we we loved supporting your Kickstarter, and we can't wait to support another one. And we still owe you some money right. for those books, which I'll have to do a PayPal or something mm. to you. Do you have PayPal? Is it... Yeah. Yeah, that's Okay, fine. we'll do... Whatever you want to do. I'll do PayPal, do. and I'll send it. We'll talk next, this week. I can do the same. Yeah, it's no problem. All right. All right. All right. Sounds All right. good. All right. All, right. All right, thanks, We'll talk Vic. to you later. Yep. Yep. Bye. Bye. All right, cool. We're back. I was glad you, took, you decided to take on the... Uh... The mechanics of that, because I was just going to suggest each side roll a d20. Well, <laughs> you know, the, uh, what's available in Western Pennsylvania? I think pretty much everything's available in Western Pennsylvania. I, I, I think only West Virginia and the, the Appalachia is, you know, our obviously one of our dear friends, uh, DM Brian. So it depends what, what you mean. This is this is what's so fascinating, right? We live in the world today with GPS. And we can have accuracy to the meter, but in, in our thing, uh, in now it's like oh, I don't know Western whatever. Yeah, sure. That's now we have disputed ah. lands and territories. Now we need to know. Now we need to know. Oh, trial by champions too. That is a very good point. Maybe we'll do that instead of having armies attack. They. Oh yes, that would be cooler, right? Yeah. But then you would need to know would like would we have to create their characters? Well, it's ra- it's random know, so encounter, like, random characters, random characters, random champions. Or 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 we could create like what would Vic be? Like he's an angry dwarf. Right. We could create an angry dwarf. Yeah, and then that that would be. Uh, I like trial by champions. That's good too. People might get their feelings hurt, though, Thank if we you, like, created their characters. Like, hey, my charisma's better than a seven. Nah, I don't think so. No, but... Well, I like, so we've gotten some ideas. Well, anyway, let's, we'll, we'll, we'll come up with some ideas. Um, yeah, each territory gets a random monster champion. I like that. That's, I like that. That's or a good point one. by, you know, they, they get so many points and they can, uh, you know, give them an opportunity to pick their champion. Mm-hmm. You know, that there's a couple options for that. So we'll have to figure it out. Um, since obviously Vic's aspirations are larger than the Empire can provide. And now he's. Yeah, this is not going to end. Yeah, this is going to be a long term. I, I think this is going to be long. I don't think Vic's going to stop. We just, you yeah. know, he's. He wants to dominate the whole world. Well, he's, I, I think he's going to try to take Lake Geneva at some point. I don't think he realizes it, but I think he I is. think he will, and then we'll see the resolute of the Grog Empire. I, I, I sense... No, you know what No, 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 no. When he takes Lake Geneva, tries to take Lake Geneva, that's when we pull this out. We're going to throw the book at him? Well, Deities and yeah. Demigods. 
The whole book, every every month, every every deity in here. <laughs> All right. Okay. Are we? So we're going to talk about Dragon yes. Magazine. Let's, I think we have to right. because we're going to run out of the right. months, right? If we don't talk about the June edition of Dragon Night, and we're going to talk about White Dwarf as well, right? If we have right, June, right. July. Um, he, we're going to let's let's do uh, let's do Dragon first. Okay. So I know you've got it in yeah. front of you. So you let me know what you see in there. I can tell me, you my thoughts. Let me get so that fired as, up here so people can, sure, people so can as, play at home. As most of our listeners may know, we've been going through the Dragon and White Dwarf magazines from 40 years ago, uh, each one from the specific month. So it's June, of course. So we thought we'd talk about Dragon magazine. I believe it was number 38. It's yep, Dragon 38, yep. From June, and there's also White Dwarf. I'm trying to remember the White Dwarf number, which is a June-July uh, edition. I think it may have been 19 uh, uh, from uh, June and July. And I can tell you, right, is it, is it, was it White Dwarf 19? I can't remember. Uh, White Dwarf is, I feel like it's 19. I feel that's correct. White Dwarf 19, yes. Okay, okay. So, and you want to talk about Dragon first? Yeah, let's talk about Dragon first because that's the one that's this month. If we don't get it done, we, we miss out on that. Okay. It's, I don't remember there being a sage advice in this edition. Do you I, remember I a sage advice? Which is interesting, isn't it? Where's sage advice? Right. So it's showing up on the screen. Uh, let's scroll down. Dragon 38. We have the cover. I'm trying to keep everything open here. Um, this is good. There's a lot of the controversy about this, so. I thought the cover was okay. It's not, I'm, I'm more a fan of the covers from like 82, 83, yeah, I think. Yeah, it's okay. It's like a Conan when they're young kind of ripoff. I'm not sure. Maybe it's, I'm sure it's some other fantasy that people are like, you idiot. You don't know what you're talking about. It almost looks like Beast, uh, what was it? What was that? Beastmaster? What was that? Uh... Wasn't there a game Beastmaster? Yeah. The guy was holding right. a, a right. skull. Right, skull. I thought, I was talking about the, I don't know, does it say what this thing is? So the first thing you see is a special fifth anniversary module for S3. Uh, Expedition to the Barrier Peaks. I was confused by that. Fifth edition, is it that old? Apparently, it was the original must have been written for Origins 2, which was apparently 1975. Wow, so I did not realize that F3 was that old. So, And, and that's interesting because that would be OD&D. So Ex Expedition to the Barrier Peaks was really an OD&D module, which makes a lot of sense. Remember when we talked to Jim Ward and, and uh, you know he mentioned the kind of the crossing of the, the streams when it came to stuff like that? Yeah, and I remember we also, I think, with Ed Greenwood, where I'd mentioned his article on uh, gunfire, using guns, and he'd said that, you know, because I'd mentioned it, it was controversial to some, and he'd mentioned how that, that, was, that that's really old school, that you do stuff like that. So, yeah, so that was news to me. Yeah, so then there's a overview of the contents cover to cover, uh, and then we st we get to the continued discussion. So the, we're on cover to cover, and it's a very long 
uh, thing from Jake Jaquette about what's on here. And, you know, they talk about the transition of TSR publication to, what is it? Oh, I'm sorry, yeah, to the Dragon, what is it called? TSR periodicals now become Dragon Publishing. Yeah, continuing to emphasize this theme of independence, if I recall correctly, right? Trying to, and 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 I think it it was accurate. So they right because they have competitors' advertisements in there. Right. They they really were trying to be a very separate and independent from the T. They didn't they didn't want to be as as I think uh, they they said that uh, Tim Cass said they didn't want to be the House Oregon yep. for TSR. And I think they were pretty effective. Uh, with that, showing that Gary Gygax, as we know, is upset with the sage advice that had come uh, in prior issues. So, uh, yeah. Are you still there? Nope. Oh, you're there. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm there. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, so I'm just, I'm depending on you because you've oh, got I'm sorry. the yeah, edition. So now I'm on Out on the Limb. So this is the first one that we found funny. Page four. If the title is Official D&D. And Dear Editor, so you first start reading this. Two points which I must, make, must bring up regarding material in Dragon 35, March, which is three months ago. And you start reading this. In her Sage Advice column, Jean, Jean Wells states that a magic user can cast spells while one hand or while, while one of his or her hands is engaged in holding an object, dagger, wand, staff. The broad affirmative must be modified. Yeah, so this person's very upset. Right. So this writer, this is someone who is, right? So these are letters, correct. correct? So this is somebody, a reader of Dragon Magazine, is upset with Gene Wells saying that you can possibly cast a spell one-handed right. while you're holding a dagger. And says after this, that provided the spell has no material components, exclamation point. It is also true if the spell has no somatic component, of course. However, any spell with V, S, and M requires the caster to have both hands free. In parentheses, this is official D&D. Who is this person who's so presumptuous to, to make these know, declarative right? statements? And, and didn't this person, did he put sage advice in quotes? He did. He, did. he put in quotes in her the in sage. her stage advice column. Right. Yeah. Who is who is this guy? And of course. Well, so then you keep moving down. Uh, I wish to make some clarifications, comments. Uh, I wish to make regarding. For, so I'm reading this. Uh, slings. They talk about slings and bows and how the Mongols use them. Like what? Very it's detailed very about the detailed weaponry. Detailed and and the bow never dominated Europe and. You know, talked about how that was important in English, French, and Scottish history, and you're going on and on about how the crossbow was dominant in Europe, but then in in other areas, and you're just thinking to yourself, boy, this person's pretty presumptuous. <laughs> then it talks about Alexander and uh, the Aztecs and the Incas. Uh, then so then he finally finishes. Whatever the weapon I use, I'm more and more convinced that the morale of the troops was usually the deciding factor in battle. There's other factors, of course. We, we have historical proof of just how much better that weapon was. This is related to the English longbow. Lack of archers, bow, and training were all prevented such occurrences. And then you find out who the person who wrote it. Gary Gygax, Lake of Geneva. So let me get this straight. He had to write a letter to his own magazine 
Does that make sense? Because he is listed, I believe, at the beginning, he is listed as the publisher. Yes. So although, yes, he is. So it's, it's designed to be independent of TSR and not the house organ, but he is a publisher. This, this is what interests me. So is, so is Gary not reviewing? I think clearly not. He's not reviewing the Sage Advice right. answers, right? So Gene Wells, right? How would you like to be Gene Wells? Yeah. So you're Gene Wells. How are you feeling? Well, and this is before the, the B3 debacle, right? The old uh, Silver Princess one, yeah. right? This is before B3. I think so, yeah. Yeah, so how are you feeling? Uh, I'm feeling like I just got shafted. But, of course, we've read where, uh, you know, I've been told that this is correct. You know, remember that infamous one that we read before? Yes. And she, yes. And someone just posted on, yeah, and someone just posted on episode six where, yeah, she goes back and asks, you know, about, Lawrence Schick says there is an official answer on how long ghoul paralysis lasts. So people are just, this is very loose. And, and so, I, you know, my recollection from her response was that it was possible. I thought she did qualify it about, you know, I don't know that she said, yes, you only need one hand. I thought that she qualified it as, as basically, you know, if you can otherwise do it. So, I, you know, it, it, I didn't find it all that objectionable, but I, but, but really, the real story is not whether you need one hand. I don't know, maybe that is the real story, but for some of us, the more interesting story is that Gary is, yeah, he's, he's not happy with the sage advice. So, it, so, you know, nothing, nothing more so than this right. shows you that sage advice. If you ever say, is sage advice official? Is it canon? You need only say, Dragon number 38, do you not? And, and what's great about it is he's, he says this is official. Right. Right? He, so he's, he's making it quite clear, which, you know. So um, I, feel, I, feel, I feel kind of bad for, for Jean. I know she's now passed, but I feel kind of bad for Gina. And she's going to get more heat oh, yeah. on the Paladin, yeah, right, in another, right? right in, 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 in the source. This is not the Sorcerer's Scroll. Correct. He's so Gary's like, I'm going to write a letter, and I'm going to write an article. And I'm going to divide up my 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 issues that I have. Um, so, but you know, good good for Gary that he's he's still involved with sort of these. I mean, Gary he loves the game. He wrote the game, and he's obviously very interested in the answer. Right? This is a guy who cares. Don't right? right. Wouldn't you agree? This letter exudes. I care about whether or not. I don't think this is Gary trying to like, you know, be like, oh, who does she think she is? I think this is Gary very much caring about whether or not a magic user can cast a spell with one one hand. Don't right. you think? Which again is pretty amazing. It'd just be interesting how that would be done forty years later. Right now, you know, would he do a tweet uh, uh, with that? Right. You know, <laughs> would this be done on Instagram, kind of thing? Because. Literally, you know, it's like, okay, what? You know, first of all, did he read it in the dragon and went, how the heck did this get in here? No, I gotta, I gotta write something. Yeah, he's like, he's in the restroom. That's right. He's got the dragon magazine. He's reading it. Trying to catch up on some <laughs> back issues, and all of a sudden, he's like, what? <laughs> you hear Gary scream? <laughs> this is not it. What? In the bath? Are you okay, Gary? What's wrong? Ah, say that what magic is or one hand what? So yeah, so that is well, and they were housed. Dragon Magazine was housed at a different place, right? I think Dragon Magazine. I think you're right. 
I think it was at the older place, right at the, at the original. So that's right. Yeah. So that's so that's yeah. So that that was interesting. So that that's that's notable, of course. So then uh, we have the story of the cup of the golden golden death, which we've said before. We don't read fiction, so I do not read. I do not. I skip over those. I skip over anything non first edition. I apologize. And anything that's fiction. So then we have uh, Len Lakafka, who yet again is has to tweak uh, something in the rules. And again, I find that interesting. I, I hopefully, we, you know, if we ever talk to him, it's like, did people get mad at him for like constantly, basically trying to extend and tweak the game, or it was like, eh, whatever. Well, what I thought was interesting about this one, this was on dragons, yeah. correct? Yes. And he's got, and people love to have additional dragons with additional colors, and so I think this is another orange dragon because somewhere else, I used an orange dragon, and I think it was in a different one, and here's another and orange you dragon. Could be right. And you know what's interesting about this? So I was reading The Best of Dragon, and somebody had one of the articles published in there. I don't think it was this one, but was complaining that dragons are too easy. Yes. And this seems to be Len's theme here too, right? So dragons would, I mean, they, I, I think in the article in The Best of Dragon, you know, they would use their wings to knock over people. Right. And so it's interesting is, so was that your sense too? There seems to be a fair amount of people. Oh, I, I totally believe, agree. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, so this, you know, I, later they would call this. I don't know when this became in game design. Um, that uh, this idea of the action economy. So dragons are formidable, but so let's say you take the weakest, you know, not you know one hit dice white dragon or whatever, five hit dice, one hit point, young. You know, junior dragon has five hit points. Well, let's let's say the normal white dragon's got twenty-five hit points uh, or thirty hit points, and you get breathed on it. Yes, if if it wins initiative and breathes on the party, that could be devastating. The the and yes, it gets two or three attacks, and it's you know whatever claw by bite. The challenge is it only gets one that one action. After that, the party gets five attacks on a large creature. So if half of them hit and they and you know they have magic weapons and they have strength bonuses, you know a a fifth level fighter who has a decent strength, let's just say eighteen thirty, that means he gets plus three damage. He has a plus one or plus two sword, and he's using a long sword. He's going to do ten to fifteen hit points of damage, easy. Um. So within a round or two, this giant creature, you know, which is legendary, survived hundreds of years, would be felled by five or six adventurers. It just doesn't feel epic. The fight is the problem. So um, that's why they started adding these additional things that the creature could do during its attack, because it's just, no matter how devastating its one attack is, it still only gets one attack uh, than, than that. So, so it just, there have been many times... And if you use the basic rule for as far as damage against breath weapons, so in the basic, it says that the damage of the breath weapon is equal to the dragon's current hit point total. So the strategy is you run and beat up as much as possible because if the breath weapon does, you know, to its current hit points and it had 30 and you do 25 in it, well, now it does five points of damage. It's not that scary, uh, a breath weapon. Yeah, and, and you've got, I think as Len pointed out, you've got the chance of sleeping helps you too. Right. Correct. So you might be able to sneak up on them. And don't they, at a certain point, they, 
don't they concede and you can, or you could subdue them and well that's the other so, big thing yeah we never did subdue but the way it's you know I read it again and, and it's right you get a lucky roll you know you take an ancient red dragon out you do 20 points of damage and there's a bad roll and all of a sudden it's sub submitted to you which again from a role playing may be fun because of course it's going to be looking for ways to get out but that is defeats this idea of this scary red dragon becomes pretty easy yep yeah so I thought that that's what I thought was interesting about it was just seeing, getting a sense of back at the, this time, there was this grumbling going on about dragons are too easy. So that, that, that's what I took from, from Len's article. Well, and, and it's one later when I used to play the gold box games, you know, my guys were sixth or seventh level. Uh, that we, would attack, we would be attacked by four black dragons at the same time and we'd wipe them out, you know, because yeah. uh, it was... It was if you could if you survive their breath attack. Um, now again, you get unlucky. It's it's uh, you know an ancient red dragon with eighty eight hit points. Yeah, if you fail your save, that's pretty bad. Okay, uh, then they talk about how to do miniatures, which we really don't do a whole lot. Uh, there was about tesseracts which I'm not quite sure what that was about, uh, why that was such an interesting thing of cubes and unfolding them. Did you read that article? I did not. Okay. It looked very technical. <laughs> it, and it looked like it was going to make my brain hurt. Right. Then there was a top secret one, which, again, I love top secret, but uh, we don't play that. So um, I need to find the old rules for that. I, I would definitely run that. And, you know, Nick, our good friend, he's, he's an administrator of that. We'd need to play in his game. That would be super fun. Uh, then there's the Legends. Did you read that one? I don't remember. The Myvor Myvorians one on page 18? I did not. Okay. No, I, no. So we just skipped a lot of this. Uh, I like that there's a, uh, a, a game for the game of nuclear confrontation. Maybe we can use this for, for Vic's taking over of, uh, <laughs> of that. Oh, here we go. Uh, Good isn't stupid. Paladins and rangers and female dwarves do have beards. So this was the other part we were talking about. Uh, so Gary has an article in this uh, thing, in this magazine. This is the Sorcerer's Scroll, I believe. Is that right? Yes, it is the Sorcerer's Scroll. So this is his yeah. standard, regular uh, feature of Dragon. And he kind of describes this idea of, which I think we all sometimes struggle with, which is good does not mean, mean stupid. We've all seen the lawful stupid or the chaotic stupid kind of people really leaning into their alignment and doing things that just seem dumb. You know, the idea that the paladin is just going to run headlong into a type 5 demon because, you know, it's ultimate evil uh, and, and, and kill himself. So, and, and, go ahead. What you say? And some of this, I think, also stemmed from sage advice yes because if i recall correctly and we had gone through these i think in prior issues where somebody had said that the ranger was going to protect a wyvern right is that right there was an injured wyvern yeah. so on yeah, you're exactly right so on sage advice wyverns are bad aren't wyverns are wyverns evil it sounds like they must be so Let he's still in the same sage of, so he literally uh two of the columns here that he wrote he wrote a letter and then he wrote his sorcerer scroll based on the answers that were given in Sage Advice two months before. 
Yeah, so he's right. So, so yeah, because the ranger and the DM felt that the ranger should protect this wounded wyvern. The party wanted to kill it. And I can't remember what Gene Wells' answer was. I assume, I think it was a Gene Wells' answer. Well, there were two. Uh, the first one was the paladin who someone wanted to be put to death because they didn't want to live anymore. And she was like, oh, heavens, no, that, she, you know, why would a lawful good person uh, would do that? And fast forward, you know, Gary doesn't say necessarily no, but there's a way, um, he says, remember that good can be related to reality oftentimes, but not always. And that, you know, his version of it was, hey, from a utilitarian perspective, if, if he's converted, you know, this cr troubled creature, he's not going to be evil anymore, and he's dead, he's going to get his reward. So Paladin would have no problem with that. You know, very almost uh, Inquisition-like in a twisted way, which again we would say, argue in our modern morality to be not great. You know, again the logic is, if I was the worshiper of Thor, and I conquered your village, and I said, "All right, Dan, um, you're going to die. You know, we 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 need you to convert to Thor, and we're going to torture you to do it. And once you said you did, and then we killed you, we'd be like, okay, you're." Going to see Thor now, Valhalla. Congratulations! Yeah, that's awesome. But you know, we, we right. Would, so, 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 so the, the the person who potentially could revert and be bad is gone. Right. They've gone to a better place. So it's it, it's a win, uh, presumably for good all around. Right. That's the that's and, the idea. And, yeah, and the wyvern is the neutral page. paren evil. Parenthetical evil. So the wyvern is you know you should kill the wyvern. Right, because the wyvern is it's it's a man-eating, uh, parenthetically evil creature, right? And I I think so. It's 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 fine to take out the wyvern. So it it strikes me as kind of, you know, the sense I had was Gary saying, "Look, good, uh, a paladin might be do, might be doing things that you view as evil, but really are are utilitarian." And, and achieve the ends of good. And so it's okay, and you'd expect the ranger and the paladin to do these things. Is that sort of the sense, that kind of the takeaway? Right, right, exactly. And, and, and in between that, she also, he also slams, I mean, quote-unquote, critiques her comment that paladins couldn't marry. And she said, uh, again, our sage advisor, in quotes, suggests right. a negative uh, with that. And he basically says, why not? Why is that a problem? Uh, to, you know, it, it, the, in other words, yes, the Catholic faith of a priest and you know, monks had to be celibate, but you know, they're not all these good deities don't have to be that way. And so the other comment, which I thought was interesting, he says, this must, you know, regarding uh, marriage, this is a matter for common sense. And the DM, who, if not arbitrary, will probably agree with the spirit of AD&D and allow marriage and children. And here's a great quote. This must be a long-range campaign or else its participants are preoccupied with unusual aspects of the game. No matter. Oh, again, almost a slam of, well, what? What are, you, what are you guys playing? Where you've got right. prodigy, you know, yeah. kings and kingdoms and generations, and what are you doing over there? That was not a one-off, right? Because <laughs> then why are you talking about getting married? Yeah, if it's a one-off and someone's talking about marriage, can I get married? Yeah. Yeah, that's not good. So, yeah, so it was very interesting. I mean, it, it's, and, and if I recall correctly, Gary said all, much of this in terms of what is proper behavior, according to your alignment, 
is dictated by your deity. Which is, you know, my position the whole time. Alignment makes no sense unless you don't, unless you have deities. Right. So whether you would do a particular act in large part depends upon your, I mean, obviously if you're a paladin, to be sure, as well as a cleric, of course. So, yeah, I thought that was interesting. I mean, and this is all sort of the, you know, is it okay to kill? So you've, you, you've captured, the, you know, orcs. The cobalt children, the orc children, right. the orc, yeah. I think Gary's view would be you run them through, don't you think? Oh, without I mean, a doubt. The cobalt, yeah, the cobalt children are going to grow up to be cobalt adults who are going to loot and pillage and torture. Uh, they're irredeemable. Uh, and, uh, and, and it sounds like if you can redeem somebody, you redeem them and then you kill them while they're redeemed. So it's a, very, it's a darker kind of you know, approach uh, to good. But it is, I guess a lot of it, you know, look, it's your DM. You can have a Gene Wells style campaign, and I don't, I can't remember specifically your answers. I don't think they were black and white, but yeah, you, know, you can they have, were, you can have a, pretty a Wellsian style. Yeah. They were pretty black. Right. I mean, they were pretty definitive that that would be bad, and that's what he was saying. The writer claimed. <laughs> it's just so funny. The writer claimed. You know, it's your, per, it's your employee. <laughs> Yeah, that his or her DM combined with a lawful good ranger to insist that wounded wyvern was to be protected, not slain, and test less attack the party. This is a classic case of players being told that lawful good equates to stupidity. Are you? Are you? Does he say which one that is? I don't want to put you on the spot and ask you to pull that up if it's too difficult. Which one? Uh, the wyvern, the ranger wyvern controversy. Did she actually say? I'm trying to remember. So he's Gary saying that she's agreed with the player. Yes. That you should protect. Yes, she did. She did. Okay, yeah, that, I mean, I, you know, I guess that's right. I mean, I, you're neutral. So it's, it's the perennial, which gets you, well, is that right? Well, I mean, so his justification is to assert that a man-killing monster with evil tendencies should be protected by a lawful good ranger is pure insanity. So, so the wyvern goes because the parent, the parent, so the wyvern is like, it's just a parenthesis. Come on, right. I, the, the wyvern's like I'm, I'm, I'm neutral, and the ranger's like, no, no, wait a second, you got There's, there's, a, there's a parenthesis. That's right. I see the parenthetical evil. So he says the parenthetical is what did he say? It's, it's tends toward evil. To assert that a man-killing monster with evil tendencies should be protected by a lawful good ranger is pure insanity. Okay, so so we now know that the parenthesis. I mean, not that we didn't know. This means tendencies. Yes. So like the giant rat is neutral with evil tendencies. Right. So if you get evil tendencies, so you're done. So if you're the paladin or a ranger or any good character, right? Right. And and you come across a creature that has evil tendencies. Right. They should be dispatched. Right. E- wounded, whatever, they should be dispatched. Right. Like rats. We don't sit here and go, <laughs> rats have evil tendencies. Even if they didn't, if they're attacking, you kill them. Oh, I understand that, but what I think the, the thing that gets more interesting is they're not attacking. Right. So you come upon the wyvern who is caring for her young. Right. Do you come up to like, yeah, we need to, is the paladin like, we need to take care of this? Death. Or the ranger? Right. Well, they, I think it's a yes. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. According to Gary. Okay. Well, in this case, this, this creature was injured, if I remember correctly. That was the, this, uh, Ranger to assist a wounded wyvern be protected. So, you know, I guess there's three different versions of this. There is the wounded creature putting it out of its misery, 
why is that an issue? Yeah, you, it's, it's a, you know, like he says, sparing a rabid dog, a rogue elephant, or man-eating tiger. Uh, you know, once, once, the, once it has the taste of human flesh, uh, you know, you're here to protect society. So uh, that, it's, it's got to go, basically. So that's his thing. I think the part is back to the, I think the other side is also insanity, that literally every time you see an evil creature, because again, they're all over. Like if you were in the invincible state, uh, you know, invincible city state overlord, whatever it's called, I apologize. Yeah, yeah, city state. There are evil creatures all over the place. The paladin is just going to run around and be a homicidal maniac and murder everything that's in there. Uh, That's not going to work. Well, so this, okay. So this is very interesting because Gary's talking about, this is a discussion of alignment. And I love alignment. I know a lot of people don't like alignment. I I like, because I think what it does is it helps guide players. So it, it helps you role play. It helps you identify what your, your, your morality is going to be and role play it. And so it, it gives you guidance. So the, the paladin, the lawful part. So the lawful part is interesting. So we know you can have a lawful neutral or lawful evil thief, correct? Yep. And the way it's explained usually is that they like hierarchy and order. They like this, so so they 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 succeed well in a guild. A guild is good for them. They don't freelance and they follow guild rules, but they break the law, of course. So lawful, you know, if you think about it, lawful neutral. The, the neutrals are the most. I think oftentimes the most interesting. Lawful neutral is all you care about is the most important thing. All that matters is law and order. Right. Would, would you agree that what, what, what is, and I know this is probably, con, you know, I would say controversial. I mean, who cares, right? None of this is controversial. Who, what's, what's the purest good alignment? Neutral good. Right. I agree with that, right? Because you're like, look, I don't care if it's law and order. I don't care if it's chaotic. Whatever promotes good. So the minute you qualify, so is lawful good. So lawful good is kind of interesting. Lawful good is a little is more qualified. So the paladin. What does the lawful part do for the paladin? Because it qualifies good now, right? Because you think that a paladin might be neutral good, but it qualifies it. So could you? Can you? You know, I assume there's no law against killing wounded wyverns. No. Well, he, what if there is a law well, against killing wounded wyverns? Well, it says here, the lawful perception of good dictates that the order which promotes the greatest good for the greatest number is best. Further postulates that this order brings results which erode the capability of bestowing good to the majority. Therefore, without law and order, it pales. So I would say, um, in that case, uh, if there was a law saying you could not kill wyverns, well, is uh, <laughs> at all, for whatever reason. There's a Wyvern Protection Society, right. or whatever. There's like a, a group has, has, has gotten this past. Right. If, if the paladin had loyalty to the, the civilization there, right, they were, you know, a vassal, they would obey the law. Absolutely, they would obey the law. But they'd be unhappy, but they'd be unhappy about right. it because they think, right, and they probably would, they think they could grumble, right? They, because they certainly would grumble. Unlike yeah, because they have an interest in laws that promote good, and they think that this is a very misguided law. Right. So is, is that what keeps the paladin from – so you find out that the owner of a particular bar 
is lawful is evil, whatever, is neutral evil. Right. And is, is, is you know, I assume, is, is, let's say breaking the law. I mean, do paladins, are they vigilantes? So if there are laws to deal with people who, so simply, number, let, let, let's start with simply being evil. So you find out that the owner of the bar is lawful evil. Right. You would agree that the paladin cannot simply dispatch that no. person because the person, okay. So now you've learned that they've, they've, you know, they're an assassin. Right. Now, and they're a member of the Assassin's Guild and that they've, they've, they've assassinated people. Now, I assume there's laws against murder. It does, do you think, would most laws prohibit simply, is the paladin breaking the law? And I understand you need to know, well, what's the law? I get it, right? I mean, but in general, would you think that the, palad, the law would prohibit a paladin from dispatching a member of the Assassin's Guild? Well, I would put a human, a human, right. or a half orc, like in, a citizen. I would put it in the context of. You know, we also have to contextualize it based in, in the time. If a, a paladin, you know, this is where some of the the book that shall not be named may be useful. If you perceive paladins to be part of the landed, the, the gentry class, you know, the landed class, they are, they have a different set of rules for the peasants. They're going to protect the peasants, but they are an extension of the law. And if they know that um, this person is an assassin and they've murdered people, they would forcibly try to put them into custody. That clearly would be, mm -hmm. the, there would be their prerogative. And if that was not possible, killing them would be fine. And you know, your, your, life would, your life is forfeit because of the crimes that you did. So a lot of it depends upon, right, whether you've basically been deputized, so to speak, as a paladin. Well, I would say by their, by their nature, they would be deputized. Again, using a more perverse um, thing, they're part of the, you know, the feudal system. If they see serfs uh, changing a, a allegiance to another lord, and that's against the feudal system, they would totally murder them because they are breaking their oath with their... The vassals are breaking their oath. They'd be oath breakers. I, I, they would have no problem with that. Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. I mean, so like, like a lawful evil orc. I mean, orcs, I assume there's no problem because they're not protected. No law, right? No civilized law is going to protect orcs. You're not going to have, I mean. Well, in, in, this, in your traditional lawful good uh, kingdom, they would, not, they, would not have, they would not have standing to your yeah. to, uh, Words, but in the city state of the events of right. Overlord, yeah, I mean, there's trolls that own a bar or whatever, right? Yeah, right, they would have standing, yeah. And Aurelian has, you know, admits ogres and goblins, they've got to be, you know, they can come into the city. So, yeah, that's I, I guess what it comes down to then is it all depends upon the adventure you're running and you got to sort it out as the DM. Well, and, and, and how the person's playing it because I'm sure I, a lot of people have played paladins like. You know, uh, the Grand Inquisitor, they come into town and they're going to root out evil and, you know, terrify the Templars. You know, they're going to terrify the, the inhabitants. And, you know, back to what we've claimed, you know, like these parties, who's really the evil party? You know, when you look back, a group of adventurers go, they go murder and, and pillage all these areas that done nothing wrong, for, you know, quote unquote. So I would have no problem with a player playing if they, 
you know, was uh, their, their, their deity, lawful good, was the deity of vengeance and justice or whatever, you know, holy vengeance. And they go around and, and basically are accusing, accusing and citing rules to, you know, to, to, and if you didn't convert, um, they would have no compunction to, to, to end your life. And if you were irredeemable, uh, they certainly would have no problem with that. So I like the crusaders, kind of. Yeah, they're crusaders. Yeah. And, and part of it would be to dehumanize, you know, that's the idea with the orc, which is why people have a problem with just wanton slaughter of orcs, is that they have no, they're not human, so we can dehumanize them. Well, but and, but this is a game, and we want to roll dice and kill orcs. Well, I so that's think they're why evil. We allow that. I think right. I think more so than that, don't you think? It's, it's that they're evil. And and Gary clearly, in this article, right. he's taking right. I mean, the game originally was very much many people viewed it as a good versus evil game. I can't remember who he had on the show. law versus chaos or whatever. Yeah, and law, yeah. Versus, law chaos. versus chaos, and 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 you destroy um, chaos and you destroy. Evil, and so if, if if you get an entry, I mean, unfortunately, that parenthesis is a killer. <laughs> it's a yeah. death sentence, apparently, right? You do not want that parenthesis evil. Uh, please, no, I'm good. <laughs> I'm just neutral. I don't want the parenthesis because. And 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 they are worshippers of Grumsh, or they're worshippers of Lutheran, or they're worship. You know, they have a deity. They have a system. It's not just that they're evil. They have. They are slighted by the world. Aka Grumsh, and they need to extract vengeance on the demi-humans and humans. So, they are not redeemable for multitude of reasons. Well, you know, they were, you know, listen, they were slighted, right? I mean, they took right. all the good territory and they left the orcs with, I think, the worst territory, you know. And so, they're very. If you think about orcs and gnomes, are kind of similar, right? They've both been slighted. An orc right. gnome so, allegiance. Oh, there you go. Right, but more importantly, he settles for himself. There are areas where ADD can be absolute, places where statements can be accepted as gospel. One such is the facial hirsuteness of female dwarves. Can any good reader cite a single classical and medieval mention of one female dwarf? And he says, of course, no. The answer is no. It's so simple, so obvious that the truth has been long overlooked. Knowing the intelligence of AD&D players, interesting, there can be no doubt that all will instantly grasp the revealed truth once it's presented and extol its virtue. Female dwarves are neglected not because of male chauvinism, it's because other observers fail to mention them because they fail to recognize what they, them when they saw them. How so? Because the bearded female dwarves were mistaken for younger males, obviously. Uh, this is great okay. because that's just, so now we need to have in one of our games a pre-gen I'd like to play now a female dwarf who people think is a male dwarf, just a young looking. So that's so there there it is. There's there's a role playing opportunity. I I guess a, what a yentl? Was that the one where she right. looks like you're just like a man? Right, she matchmaker. Make me a match. Now, now the last line, I don't know. The last line is just kinda creepy to me though. Right? What what does he say? Now all, and male dwarves are darn glad for they love to run their fingers through the long, soft growth of a comely dwarven lass. Make it stop. Why do you have to read it? I know it's not. So, right. That sounds like a That has to be a pseudo-undead love. That's the ballad. Oh, God. Comely, comely dwarven lass. 
Let me run your fingers through your long, soft grooves. Uh, Something like that. I just you know, see it's this. It's got to be like a bad poison yes. pseudo-undead ballad where we jump the shark. That's going to be great. I just see this male dwarf running his fingers through female dwarf's beard. Well, that's, I, it, it, we have to do like the MTV videos back in the 80s where they all yes. has that kind of soft glow to it. Porcelain, yeah. And they're all wearing day glow pastels. Like to pour some sugar on me or whatever. <laughs> that video. Right. <laughs> yeah, I know it's like slow motion. He's digging his fingers through. <laughs> that's right. And then it, then it turns out it's a male dwarf. Okay. Well, it's more like Winger. It's more like mm-hmm. a Winger song than, than a. Def Leppard. Yeah. You know, it's more headed for a heartbreak or something, you know, really sappy late 80s uh, ballad. Yeah. With And they all have beards and, you know, Aquanet beards because, you know, they actually put Aquanet oh. and their beards are just flowing. Yeah. I thought you meant like, be like ZZ Top. Like these, you got this door. Oh, that's. You got this dwarf band. You got the four dwarfs, or, you know. That's right. Spandex dwarves Every, are saying, let's see, that'd be great. Everyone loves a bearded dwarf. Everyone loves a sassy bearded dwarf. Dwarven lass. Oh, comely dwarven lass. Yeah. Comely dwarven lass. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and you know what? It the rhyming is easy on that. So, you know, we can We'll look we'll look for that. Lass rhymes with a lot of good things. Grass, brass. Oh yeah. Uh, well, obviously. Class. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sass. Right. Um it's pretty easy to write this. It writes itself. Uh, All right. <laughs> So yeah, so that was all right. So they do they 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 do have uh, beards. So um, I'm trying to remember if there's anything. I think those were the highlight. Obviously, when Gary writes something, that's the highlight. So those, yeah. those fourth dimension, describing the fourth dimension, I couldn't deal with it. It's too much. Now I did. I was going to read this because Tom Mulvey wrote it. The Seven Magical Planets. I skimmed it a bit, kind of using the planets. Uh, yeah, I, I thought that was interesting to kind of put them together, but, you know, that's a campaign thing you could use it with, so that's kind of cool. You know, you'd have to try to work this into some of your campaign lore, so I thought that was interesting. All right, then they go back to the convention schedule. Uh, now, just, just, death. just to let you know, I don't know if you noticed that somebody was looking for a ride back from Gen Con. No, I didn't yeah, see I that. Yeah, I saw that. I've reached out to who I believe is the guy on Facebook. Oh, yeah, really? He was looking for, he was from, I, he was looking, he was from Maryland, and he was looking for a ride back, which is interesting, because he had a ride there, I guess, but he didn't have a ride back, oh, wow. which is kind of strange, because, like, was somebody moving <laughs> to Lake Geneva? It's just thing. So, yes, and so I've, I, you know, we'll see if I hear back from him, because um, I'm very curious um, probably the only one to see how that, that turned out for him. So we'll we'll see. We'll see. You know what I should have done, and I apologize. Uh, I should have done this. Here now you can see what I'm. Do you see that? Yes, I do. I do see. Yes, I do see that. I should have. That's done okay. That. No worries. Now you can see what I'm looking at. So this is the second part of Liam's tiny hut. Uh, this is where they talk about the orange dragon, the brown dragon, and the yellow dragon. And they make uh, Tiamat and uh, Bahamut um, deities, So, which uh, later editions codified. Uh, and then there's a puzzle for Lankbar. Um, 
So I'm not sure. Did you read this? I did not. I did not. Okay, skipping it. Then we're flipping. Then there was some kind of story. Spelling out a strategy for hostile magic users. This was pretty I like that. I like you know, that. Because, you know, you always kind of struggle with what spells should you give to magic u- NPC magic users. What would they have? And so anything random that says, hey, it wasn't me. I just rolled. So I did like that. I would probably use that chart, actually. So that was a chart to randomly determine the spells for evil and magic users. Right. For hostile. Hostile. Right. Right. So, yeah, they... Have to be evil. They could be good. You could be they right. You could be evil. So yes, or they're just hostile. It could be good and good, and and they're just hostile. You've you've made them angry. So yeah, I thought that was a good chart. I like that. I like stuff like that. I would probably consider using that. So it kind of adjudicates what the spell is, likelihood, and which one he's going to cast. So that's good. I don't know. It seems like a lot of work. You could if you really have to be at a loss for that. Uh, more mail, um, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, a lot to continuing debate, if I recall correctly, over inflation. So, sorry, so inflation. So I guess that was the phrase at the time for uh, characters going really, really, really high levels. So that, that was your right. word back in the day, character inflation. Well, it was, the, it was a word back in 1980. Inflation was a real thing, right? right? They had, <laughs> so they, they were really worried about that. Right, got, got, got helped get Reagan elected, I believe. Uh, among other things, yeah. So, uh, and it's basically, again, it's just interesting because we don't play that way. We play today where you have a group and they work together and everyone kind of monitors each other. So it's just so odd that they have Oh, that yeah, some of that was somebody wrote a letter complaining that a player had gone off to another group and came back with a bunch of magic items, right? So the concern of people playing in other groups and you couldn't monitor it, so... Uh, yeah, now you're lucky if you can find one group, one one group, let alone two. Right, exactly. Uh, then there was a uh, how to use technology to create a civil war simulation. That sounds exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could write that. You can. That's awesome. And then there was some game review, Freedom in the Galaxy. I don't remember that. I don't either. Uh, but you got to... Big write-up. And then now the drag, the bestiary, the flow light. Looks like a monster manual, too. Yeah, uh, I was not impressed, Ryu, so I don't think I'll be using the flow light. Sounds like something you would put in your bathroom. <laughs> That's true. The flow light, yeah. I'm trying to remember. You like the, you think it's a will-o'-wisp, and it's not. And, yeah, it was very yeah, monster manual, too-ish to me. Yeah. I liked the, um, I tend to like the, I, I joke about the Fiend Factory, and it's quite hit and miss, but I think I tend Fiend Factory monsters better than the monsters that you see in Dragon Magazine. I think they're more creative, more, more entertaining. Are you yeah, able to see this okay am, yeah. when I'm scrolling? Okay, great. You can, oh, you can make a box. Yeah, I saw that. I played Title Bound, which is that one, Hill's game. So I don't know if this, I can't remember when Title Bound came. Title Bound was a very good game. So, yeah. So, yeah, you actually get a game. You get a boxing. And I played a lot of those games. So status for baseball. Really? All, yeah, Pater, Bowl Bound, all of those tabletop sports N- games. Never played them. That seemed, yeah. I don't even know if I knew about them at the time. 
Yeah, they were, I thought they were a lot of fun. Um, Maybe this is what we should use for the uh, champion thing. <laughs> Pick a boxer like Muhammad Ali versus Sonny yeah. Liss. That's right. Yeah. And, and then they have the stats room, so there you yeah. go. Yeah. They could do a random roll. In this corner, for this is the champion of uh, the Scourge. Joe Lewis versus Rocky Marciano, or something like that. You know, whatever. Yeah, I don't. I think that's probably straying a little bit. I understand it was in Dragon Man. It's probably straying a little bit from our one-y theme. <laughs> Just a little. The Zora Foley monster. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, then they've got Char- I mean, Yeah, so they went all out on this. They had an interview, like after the mock fight. <laughs> right. It's crazy. Interview. Yeah. With Howard Cosell. Right. Well, that- right. That's pretty, that's hilarious. Gentlemen, if we could dispense with the verbal <laughs> fisticuffs. I can't do a good Howard Castell. That was horrible. That was pretty good, actually. All right. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, all right. Well, that was Dragon 38. There's some useful things. And the main thing is that Gary bashes his own employees in, in, a, in public. And no, no uh, sage advice. Right. So was, was, she, was she suspended? <laughs> I don't mean to... <laughs> Was she in the doghouse? She put in the timeout for that. Right? Was she where where was Gene Wells for that? Um you know, I I I didn't think it was that big of a deal. Her responses, they certainly didn't they didn't get a strong reaction from me when I read them, but they did from Gary. Um so yeah, so yeah, I don't know if she was in timeout or not. So I, I felt a little bad regine wells in all honesty yeah. i i would be like look i don't want to do sage advice anymore yeah, that's I it. Mean, I'm, I'm done gary comes down i mean he's gary gygax i mean i'm like oh my gosh don't read it please right so uh, no i would i would be i would be a little i would be more than a little gun shy if i had if i wrote sage advice answers maybe that's it for her that can't be it we'll find out right right next month it's right. like now lawrence check no, that's right anyway <laughs> Yeah, we're going to have to look that <laughs> not over. Not Gene Wells. That's right. Not Gene Wells. Oh. Well, okay, let's see. So I think this is a good, I think we talked about, um, now we'll have to talk about Appendix A because people really want us to do Appendix A. So after we get through, um, you know, we've got some interviews coming up. Who's next session, next time, we're, who are we having on? Next time, two weeks from today, we have Skip Williams. Skip Williams. So we won't have time next time, but... Uh, if we don't have an interview, I'd be happy to run it because people love, they want to see Pixie and Glades. I'm just letting okay. you know. Got to dig those out. Got to dig them out. And I think they like Appendix A because we do the random, which is, we're all about that. Right. right. No, that sounds like fun. Okay. So why don't we skip the other parts because we need to get ready, start getting ready for tomorrow's, for tonight's big epic adventure. So I need a D10. Okay. The less pointy one, right? That's right. A two. That, 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 I, the dice don't the lie. Dice. That's yeah. all I have to say. Yeah. Oh, it's oh, so Sage Advice is back next issue. Spoiler. Um, okay. Who is it? Do, you, do we know who answers it? Uh, I don't know that. They didn't, they didn't write that down. Okay. I hope it's Gene Wells. I think she's funny. I like Gene Wells. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it's almost, like you said, it's almost impossible you know, some of these is very nuanced. You don't get a whole lot of thing from the, the people who write it. You know, they want definitive black and white answers. You know, can the paladin kill the orc baby? Um, sure. Uh, you know, and then 
you could you could describe that five different ways and get different answers. So again, going back to the deities helps with that. And this is where if it's not a deity that's in deities and demigods, you make your own deities. Uh, you know, that's where you can work with the player to flesh out the, the deity's traits so that they know when they've decided to stray. I think the problem becomes is when they like, well, I didn't know I did anything wrong. I mean, sometimes it's pretty cut and dry. Like we had a situation in our campaign where they found an evil ring. I said it was evil, said it could be destroyed. And they go, it was late. And they're like, oh, we'll just give it to John's character, who's an evil guy. It's like, well, you're good people. You, that, right. That's not a good... <laughs> it's not good. And and this ring is aligned with the deity that's directly opposite your deity. So, yeah, that's a problem. You're now cursed. And if you don't atone, you're going to change alignment. Well, they don't like that. Well, but they didn't they didn't fight me too much. Like, we didn't know the ring was evil. I told you the ring was evil. This is the only problem with when you get back at the end of the adventure and you have like 20 minutes left, you're trying to finish all the stuff. People kind of it's hard to wrap up that. So, like the end of our show. Like, like the end of our show, which I think we are ready to wrap this up. So I'm going to see you in, in less than eight hours. So get some rest. Right. I got to do some work. Uh, get ready for tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We'll be on the, on the YouTube. Um, we're looking forward to it. I'm super excited about this. Hopefully we'll have a great game. Uh, hopefully we won't have any technical glitches. So uh, on behalf of Grog Talk, I'm James. And I'm Dan. And we will see you next time. On Grog Talk, take care. This is Big Abushi Puppy Production. All rights reserved.